guys, it's another episode of Cleveland Moto Podcast, number episode number 373. <laughs> 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 and all the two. fake cans opening everywhere. It's take two. <laughs> and to- Cinco de Mayo, Riba Riba, Andale. <laughs> and it is, it is uh, Cinco de Mayo around here. Um, uh, for those of you who are out right now at the Mexican restaurant, you're a week late. Uh, (laughs) yes if you look down at your watch and you go my god this is not the 5th of May but it is when we recorded this bitch so yeah so basically this week has been a weird one around here here at the shop at least in particular because we've had this transition of being like fuck you it's back to winter again then we had a light tornado blow through here Mm kind of screwed things up for some people and uh, we now kind of had our last false winter, so I think we can officially say monsoon season. Now that we're in yeah. May, so uh, maybe that we're now we're in May. It is not actually monsoon season anymore. Uh, hate, I mean, just hate to be that way, but damn, man, it is. It is really officially starting. Yep. This is this is game on. And uh, if you don't know that, drive past your local motorcycle shop and look for all the 1983 Yamahas that have just been brought in for service. Because nobody is buying a new motorcycle out there, and used motorcycles are more expensive than new motorcycles. <laughs> uh, I just had a local Honda dealer I've known for a while call us talking about their problems with getting bikes from Honda. And the dealers are in such a pickle, and that's the nicest possible way to say it. The dealers are in such a pickle that Honda is telling a dealer, hey, that's great. You ordered these 73 bikes this month. Those don't matter. We're giving you an allocation sheet. You can either take everything that's on the allocation sheet or you can cancel and take, eliminate some bikes off the sheet. You cannot change the colors or the sizes or anything on the sheet. Honda dealers right now in America are straight up, if they get anything, they're thrilled. They're super happy. Now, did you guys put down deposits on DAXs? You did? Anywhere? Hello? We don't, we don't have deposits, but they weren't taking them until they had um, confirmation that they were going to get them. Right. But we're on the list to put down a deposit as soon as <laughs> we're, we're, pre- <laughs> we're pre-deposited. <laughs> so, um, so I'm speaking with a Honda dealer today, and... Um, we're kind of talking about the state of the industry and everything that's going on. And I said, hey, what about these DAXs? Like, when are you going to be allowed to start taking deposits from people on the DAX? And uh, she's like, oh, that's probably not even going to be what it's named. No, hmm. probably not. And and she says, and it's not even appeared on our hmm. bike order form yet, which, as we just said, would get thrown out anyway. So, And we have no idea what the actual price is going to be. Or anything. So, like, the, I was joking. I was like, I think maybe, I think maybe Hoffert put down a deposit on a deposit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like it's a double secret deposit. A pre-deposit deposit. Right. How, How you're long? talking about who I think you're talking about. That's who we. Are the I know. First two. I'm not going to mention anything yeah. because we don't want to no, create. No, I know, right, but I yeah. think I know who you're talking about. You do know. Yeah, you do know. You right. do know who I'm talking about. But, yeah, and, and she and she knows that that I know. We are the first two. Oh, believe me. Or he. 
We're not specifying. <laughs> We're not going to specify. But the the reason I bring that up yeah. is because I it don't was, call it a DAX. I call it an ST. That's what we said. ST one twenty five. ST one twenty five is probably a good name. What for did it. she say that I heard? Because I can't help it. I'm two feet away. You're two feet away. Yeah. Um, right. uh, the one guy with the NC seven fifty. How long was he waiting? Fifty one weeks. Fifty one weeks. Fifty one weeks. So a customer that special ordered a DCT NC seven fifty was. At 51 weeks. It's so. like the movie Idiocracy yeah. when she takes money from that dude and, and the guy's like, she's like, how long can you wait? He's like, I can wait so good. <laughs> <laughs> I can wait. Can you wait two days? I can wait, I can wait so, so good. good. Well, so our, our, ch- our uh, Nick at work tried yeah. to, tried, you know, he tried to call me out on the, the Ford Bronco thing because I, right. I want one. Yeah. But I'm like, if you can find me a Ford Bronco mm-hmm. at base at MSRP, which is about thirty-seven thousand dollars, I'll buy it today. Yes. So we started right. making phone calls. We're making yeah. phone calls. Call everybody. Phone calls. Yeah. And we found some listed for thirty thousand dollars. Really? And we said we want to buy one. And they said yes, and there'll be a twenty thousand dollar dealer premium fee. Yes. And we're like, well, what is that? That's just more money that they're they're clearly they're like. There's MSRP, and then we're going to charge you another twenty thousand. But isn't I thought Ford was cracking down on that and saying they're not going to allocate I mean, cars. I have to those text people. messages. I have mm-hmm. communications. I have like you know the one guy didn't have any, but he was willing to take a thousand dollar deposit and promise you only four thousand over right. MSRP. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's probably just stacking up thousand dollar. Absolutely, you need to you right. need to send me a thousand dollars right mm-hmm. now if you want to get one of these when they come in. Right, which could be whenever. Who knows? Well, yeah. Lightning, the the one. Uh, dealer told me 2024. If Ford does not send you a letter stating that they're going to put you on the build list, that you will not have a, your Lightning till 2024. Correct. So I did get an email from Ford saying that I'm on the I'm slated to be on the build list in August. Right. Yeah. So and that's that exactly it. Is good. I mean, I guess that potentially puts me. As one of the four, run, I mean, yeah. to potentially get a lightning. So. Yeah, and that I is- texted the one chick back. I offered her. I'm like, how about five thousand over over MSRP? <laughs> She's like, no, we're thinking. I, you said it was a negotiation, right? She's yeah. like, no, it would be, have to be much much closer to twenty thousand over MSRP. Damn. Wow, man, wow. Well, you and know I, what I would say as even, soon as as I'm, soon as this clears up, I would say fuck that dealer in the ass. We're good. Oh yeah. I think you can call Ford and let them know they're doing that. And they well, might not get any allocation. No, the best and, conversation I had yeah. was a heart to heart with the one chick, and she's like, uh, "You can't order them now because you, if you or if you actually order it, you get it for MSRP." Oh, through Ford, and that's why that's you're right. seeing a lot of them that have 500 miles on them. Yeah. People ordered them, they got them, they turned around and made yeah. twenty thousand dollars on them. Right. Oh, Absolutely, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And so she said, ordering may open up in August. And wow. I'm on the list. They're going to call me. Well, that's what Ford has commercials on TV that says, if you want yours now, if you put in a custom order, you'll get it ahead of any dealers or anything. I couldn't put in a custom order. I couldn't put in any order. Oh, she right. said August. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Yep, that's absolutely true. And when I was looking at doing the Ford Transit van, it's the same thing. I can go online. I can go to the Ford website and I can click all myself into Click Oblivion. Build one. <laughs> Build one beautifully in the whole deal. And I can submit my credit card number for a deposit and do all that stuff. And Ford will let me do that. They will. They'll and take in, your And in fact, in fact, I'm going to tell you, that's if you need to buy a vehicle, if you don't have an option and you absolutely need to buy a vehicle, that is the smartest way to do it because sure. you are bringing Ford in on the conversation. Yeah. Now, the dealers, there was much talk on various different internet forums mm. about 
Ford cracking down on dealers charging $10,000 yeah. oh, yeah. over on a Lightning or on a Mustang, uh, electric Mustang, and they're charging these massive, massive uh, market adjustment charges. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I mean, know. That's what she's, it's a $20,000 market adjustment. Market adjustment fee. And the statement that, that they p- published on various different extremely popular websites was that Ford was cracking down on that. Mm-hmm. That was lip service. There's been absolutely zero evidence that Ford is cutting anybody's order or impeding anybody's ability to sell cars based on them charging a market adjustment. In a minute, Ford's just going to raise the MSR to be $20,000 and start charging the dealers more for them. And this is is where I'm telling you guys, I am here, okay? We are sitting in a dealership right now. And what has happened is, in each one of these conditions, and I, we know because we're surrounded by $2.5 million worth of inventory right now, that every single company we deal with has added something in the way of a freight surcharge. Mm-hmm. So it would be some companies are being very forward about it, and they're saying, okay, our freight price is $375 for this bike, but we're charging an additional $200 freight surcharge. We also have companies that are selling bikes from China charging a 10 to 15% China tariff. They're adding it to the MSRP of the vehicle. But here's what I'm going to tell you. In these circumstances, all of these fees are levied by the manufacturer. All right. They are not levied by the dealer. Totally the dealer does not, it is not changing the dealer's MSRP and his margin on that vehicle. And this is a big fucking deal because we've got customers coming in and going, I know you're just price gouging. I know you're just raising the price. This bike's freight used to be $350 and now the freight is $625. It is. They're charging me $625 to get that bike to my dock. I cannot underpay them for it. You're not price gouging, but some dealers exactly. clearly are. Yeah. Right. But there it is doesn't a, help you to gouge them. But I'm going, not going to buy the bike. Though. Right. Now, here's the trick. But gee, wait, hold on. How much did gas prices go up? Basically double. Double, yeah. Right, so right. it makes sense. Yeah, but here's what I want people to know about if you're going into a dealership to buy a bike. If that fee on the, the dealer's invoice or on the ticket, I mean, we hang all the prices on the ticket, so fuck it, dude, there's nothing you don't see. It's all hanging right out there. We gave up on that, like, hey, go talk to the guy in the back room thing a long time ago. But if you go into a dealership and you're like, okay, well, yeah, the bike is, the MSRP's, let's just say for the sake of argument, $56.99. The MSRP's $56.99. These are the ancillary prices. These are the ancillary costs. Every single cost that's laid out, I'm going to alert you guys to note, just so you're aware, the freight costs have easily doubled. So if the dealer is charging you 600 freight for something that you think used to be $300 freight, that's probably out of the dealer's control. Don't, don't hate the dealer for that. There's not, believe me, if the dealer could get away with chart paying 300 freight on it, he would. But here's the trick. When you see something that says market adjustment, when you see something that says destination charge, be careful of that. That's something you really should be watching out for. Especially the anal insertion charge. Anal insertion charge. <laughs> so a document fee... Be wary of a document fee. Yeah. Be very careful about a document fee. That's probably not a charge that the dealer's, it's called a pass-through charge. The dealer's paying it, and then you're paying it to re- compensate the dealer for what he's paying. Mm-hmm. That's freight. Assembly. Many 
companies will charge the dealer. This is going to sound fucking mental, but many of these motorcycle companies will actually charge the dealer a, f- a fee for every bike they sell. And so in addition to the cost of purchasing the bike, the dealer is basically paying a 200 or $240 fee for the privilege for the privilege of selling you the bike. And that's so that the dealer stays on the straight and narrow and preps the bikes correctly. And then once the warranty on that vehicle is registered, then that dealer gets the $240 back in the form of a credit. Okay. So you are paying the fee, mm-hmm. right? And you're paying that so the dealer, because the dealer's laying out the money on the front end. So for many of these brands, that assembly fee is an actual real thing that the dealer is not, you're not paying that twice. Okay, so just be aware of that. You're like, oh, well, I'm not going to pay for assembly. Then your dealer's probably going to go tell you to fuck your hat. Right. You know, <laughs> because the dealer doesn't need to lose $250, $260 on this sale today. I want it in a crate delivered to my house. And I get that shit every fucking day. <laughs> I get that every fucking day. You know what? Leave it in the crate. I'll come and pick it up. Not in the state of Ohio, I can't. Right. Because then I'm going to lose my dealer's license. Isn't that liability too? Because they could fuck it all up. Well, let's just say this. Liability is anything anybody wants to hire an attorney for. Okay. Right? If you walk into my shop and slip Slip, on the crack on the floor you didn't see, there's liability. We're not going to make the customer pay for liability insurance on that kind of horseshit. Old Slippin' Jimmy. Slippin' Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> However, the state, your state has a law that says they cannot sell you a partially assembled motor vehicle. Uh, they can't sell you anything that isn't street legal. Okay. A bike in a crate is not street legal. Mm-mm. Now, if you do some backdoor deal with Slimy Dave down the corner there, and you buy your off-brand Chinese bike in the cardboard box and you just go pick it up in the cardboard box. Maybe Slimy Dave's got nothing to lose. So how do all, how do, so um, like Power Sports USA and all these fucking places that sell the fling poos and the tau taus and all that. Yep. How do they get away with that? Most of them are headquartered. Their company headquarters are in Florida or Texas. Oh. And they can sell outside of their state and they are not legally listed as a dealership. They're not a dealership. They're a distributorship. They're a distributorship. Gotcha. Okay? So when they sell you a box of bike, they're just selling you a box and all the metal inside of it. So mm-hmm. if I want to buy a Honda Navi in the crate to save for posterity because right. they're going to be extremely valuable someday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do that? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. It's You that yeah. fucking Navi. <laughs> I, you know, I hope that... All your bikes disappear. All you walk in your garage, mm-hmm. your wife and said, all you you're have is a Navi, and that's all you could ride for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. So you look like Ma- <clears throat> Magilla Gorilla on that thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd look like Grumpy Sore Guy on a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys know in previous in previous podcasts we talked about one of our podcast listeners who went in and made the attempt to purchase a Honda Navi, right? Mm -hmm. And the Honda Navi, which has an MSRP of $1,800, his Honda Navi that was $1,800 ended up costing him in real money $4,000, okay? And he didn't buy it because that was crazy. There was one on Craigslist this week for $2,800. Okay, well, and and so now we're going to... So I have another image. I pulled it up. This is from one of the forums. And this is a gentleman that, that... Purchased a Honda Navi, okay, in Grasshopper Green, okay? 
$1,807 MSRP, $676 in freight. I can, I can help you guys on this. There may be a little, uh, that might be, a, there might be a little margin in that freight. There. Little, some, some might be a little there. something in there. Might be uh, about $400 that nobody's talking about in there. They could literally probably just UPS that thing to you. I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It costs right. three bucks because okay. it's so light. But then looking at the invoice, looking at the invoice here, there's a $200 destination fee. Now, Honda Motor Company, Honda will charge you between $200 and $600,000. No, no, no. I'm, I'm based on the bike. Okay. Just letting you know. So if you go in and buy a brand new Honda Goldwing, in addition to any prep charges or in addition to any freight charges, there will be this strange fee that nobody here has been able to identify yet or define <laughs> that is called destination. Now, mind you, they already charged freight, 676. So what the fuck is destination? destination? All right. It's to pay for the executive's vacations. Again, destination. Now the dealer does not get to any keep of yeah. all the money. All right. So keep in mind. So these are things that are added to the MSRP of a vehicle that affect the manufacturer's profit margin. If we could sell direct from the manufacturer and take the dealer out of the way and just make the dealership a destination, make the dealership a fulfillment center, then the dealership wouldn't have to carry $3 million of shit on their floor and floor mm. plans and interest rates and all that shit, but they could be trained by the manufacturer to sell the bikes correctly and do that and then get a commission on every bike they sold. That's great. And that would be more fair to the dealers. But nobody likes to hear about that because that takes billions of dollars away from companies like Honda and Kawasaki and Yamaha. It also doesn't buffer the manufacturer from bad years. And uh, if you had a bad year, yep. you're still buying all the bikes. Absolutely. Right. So they right. still make their sales. Their warehouse is still empty. Right. Even and, though yours isn't. Right. And right. you're holding the bag. You're holding the bag to the tune of millions of dollars. So that, which I love is, so they add that all together and that comes up to the sale price at 2683. Yeah, that's no problem. Slide down, 80 bucks in tax. Okay, no problem. Subtotal. And then now we get to the stuff that's below the line. Look, there's a $300 document fee. <laughs> now, wait a second, guys. I don't know if any of you guys have ever worked in a motorcycle shop because I've owned one for 22 years. Your purchase order to purchase a motorcycle is literally one sheet of paper. <laughs> That's all it has to be. Anybody who tells you different is lying to you. Okay? It literally needs to be one sheet of paper. We need to collect the signature from the buyer. That's it. So a four-page carbons, you know, four different colors, a yellow sheet, a pink sheet, a blue sheet, a white sheet, <laughs> all of that stuff is all just designed to further entrap the consumer into a, please let me give you some money so I can go home with my bike. You don't need to have 75 signatures. You usually need to have a signature on the application for title, a signature on the sales order, and a signature on the document for the temporary tag if you're getting one. That's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long did it take you to buy your last motorcycle, right, at the Triumph dealer, where the guys I know are pretty fucking straight? But it's still, you didn't get out of there on three signatures, I assure you. I don't think it was much more than. But that. you had to sign a thing that said if there was a if there was a problem, you would go to arbitration and you wouldn't take it into court. You definitely signed one of those. That's a that's a release for them. That's a waiver of your right to take them to court if the bike tries to kill you. That means you're going to work with a moderate moderator instead of going to court. You signed one of those. I know you did because I know the dealership. There's See, that's funny. Like I, I yeah. don't know who the arbit like who would who's the arbitrator. 
in like a motorcycle thing because right. in the NFL, I think it's the head of the NFL. Well, so like I, I assure you, and it's the it's the guy that makes it. the rules anyway. I was going to say, I'm I'm assuring that I'm assuring you that the moderation, the arbitration that would happen if his triumph tried to kill him, would be with an attorney that was paid for by Triumph. Right, mm-hmm. and he could then entertain and have an attorney on his own, but it would stay out of the court system because he signed a paper that says he promises that he won't take it to court. But that idea of a two hundred ninety nine dollar document fee—that's oh, right. three hundred dollars of money that you're paying for papers that ultimately have to be filled out anyway, mm-hmm. and aren't different whether you're buying a canoe or a <laughs> kayak or a motorcycle or anything that has a title. Well, you could see. You could see that three hundred bucks if it included the temporary, which is like forty bucks or whatever. It well, is. a temporary then, can be like here in Ohio; it's eighteen dollars yeah. and fifty cents, and then the taxes. Right. I mean, but, but it's not taxes. Include, but that doesn't include the taxes. No. in the transfer, so it's right. kind of a ripoff. It is a total ripoff. <laughs> it is an absolute ripoff, and if you see it, you should be cautious. I'm just letting you know. This is a tip from your Uncle Phil. So this particular guy feels like he killed it, and he got out of the way, out of the dealership. On an $1,800 bike for $3,062. So he only got charged $1,250 of fees, right? So, but $300 was a dock fee and $200 was a destination fee. Well, that's $500 on a bike that only cost $1,800. Well, that's fucking 30% of the cost of the vehicle. Yeah, no shit. All right? So as somebody who's going in to purchase a vehicle, please be aware of that. And please acknowledge when a dealer is trying to help you and then acknowledge when a dealer is trying to fuck you. Because I assure you, every single dealership, when I charge you money to build a bike, Steve, are you building the bike? Not totally. (laughs) We charge people to put their shit together. Yes. Do you get paid? Yes. Enough said. Right? Right. Right. Come exactly. on, Steve. I right. mean, I mean, You're I would. You're not a company man. You're not I, company but the point, Steve right, anymore. I but would the point, if I wasn't if, volunteering. Right, 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 right. If you weren't just volunteering your it's time. All, yeah, exactly. Pro bono. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing is, and in bigger dealerships, in larger dealerships that are okay with this, um, they will have their bikes assembled for them by a third-party company. So you'll go to their shop and you're like, wow, there's all these bikes here, yet there's no cardboard or wood or right. you know uh, screws in the parking lot for us to drive on and stuff like that. And you're like, how does that magically happen? That's because those dealerships are paying 75 bucks a piece yeah. or some amount, agreed upon amount, to have their bikes not delivered to their shop, but delivered to some back alley you know, workshop area in you know, North Royalton. Sure. The 18-wheeler shows up. They've got forklifts and shit there, and they build bikes for Harley, Honda, Triumph, Kawasaki, everybody. And that's their job. They build bikes there. They've got a fleet of 18-year-old kids that work for minimum wage that literally do assembly on all the different brands of bikes, and then they get put in a local truck, and that local truck shows up at your Triumph dealership, and they unload bikes that are fully prepped, batteries in them, ready to go, already running the whole deal. So the dealer distances himself from that cost. And if the dealer's charging you $240 for assembly or PDI, well, the dealer's paying $75 a bike to have that bike assembled professionally. And he has a contract with that company to do these bikes. So it is just a little insight into the way that goes. Mom and pop shops like ours, we build our own bikes. As Steve's found out, 
we also, in the process of building the bikes, detect problems. Fix them. You can tell the Friday bikes. When Luigi and... <laughs> oh, and, and, buddy, man. <laughs> like, when you work here and you see like, hey, wow, I didn't know there were supposed to be 19 different flavors of fasteners. Right. Or, um, hey, did you notice this bike makes a strange noise? Yeah. Oh, it's because it's got a pound and a half of hardware hiding in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Or, or nuts rivets. and bolts and shit. I didn't see a rivet on the bike, but there was a rivet inside of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was interesting. <laughs> hey, it's Friday for you, too, Cinch. Hey, so. I'm, gonna, I'm just letting you know. So just to be aware of that's the kind of thing, because we had some people asking about it, and they were like, well, what's a fair deal? Well, what the fair deal is, is go to the dealer... Make sure you establish a report the dealer. Learn about the dealership. But if you're seeing fees like that, you should probably if at least ask. Well, but at that point, you're going to end up walking away because if the bike is hot and there's a lot of people wanting to buy yeah, it, and there's not right. a lot of bike, yeah. they're going to be like, yeah. all right, walk away. We're not yeah. going to sell you anything. Yeah, I agree. The yeah. next guy's going to pay that or, to, or, or yeah. more. In today's market, it's sure. It's, I mean, yeah. I called a guy yesterday and I was like, okay, you want it. They're, they're, this guy wanted to buy... A particular two bikes. He wanted to buy two bikes. And as luck would have it, our order, oh, yeah. which did not come in right. Our order was wrong. What showed up <laughs> off the truck was not what we ordered. It's freaking hilarious, though, that the guy calls and he's like, I want to buy these two bikes. And the colors he wanted <laughs> were exactly the colors we had extra today. We're the wrong he's the ones. only guy in the history of the world <laughs> who is going to be able to buy yeah. the bikes he wants today and pick them up tomorrow. Like that shit doesn't happen. I don't care where you're from. And I called the guy and I was like, as soon as I, I, I was like, yeah, dude, they're, they're here. I can touch them. As you can touch them. Yeah. You can touch them. You can have them. They're here. Guess what happened, folks? You reneged. As soon as he found out that the colors he wanted were available and in stock and he could have them without waiting, all of a sudden he had some strange aneurysm and he didn't like blue anymore. He literally changed his mind to a color he's going to have to wait six to eight weeks on. It was because crazy. psychologically, not all humans, but certain humans will say if there is an abundance scarcity. of something, yeah. I don't want it. I want scarcity. Like, and so telling him that these bikes that he wanted, the colors he told me, I didn't set this up. It wasn't a magic trick. It wasn't Penn and Teller. I literally said, sir, the two colors you told me, are here ready to go the model you want the color you want are here oh my god that's great i'm going to talk to my wife i'll call you right back well, he calls a sign right there well we, it always is but he calls me back not even an hour later and it's like okay so i don't want the gray one anymore i want the black one <laughs> and i don't want the blue one anymore i want a silver one yeah. and i was like those are two bikes that i made clear to you mm. in our previous conversation we're going to be an eight to twelve week wait now, if you're at the Honda dealership, it could be a six-month to a year wait. So be aware of that if you're trying to buy a new bike right now. And that might be why that one-year-old bike that's in decent shape is $2,000 more than you think it should be. Yep. Because we just had somebody pay what, in my mind, was kind of a violently high price for a Bergman 400 today. Yeah. That a year ago... He deserved it, though. <laughs> no, he's buying a Bergman. No, look, this was, guy, dude, this guy smelled it from three blocks yeah, and yeah. wandered in. It right. was crazy. And, and the other thing about this guy is um, <laughs> he uh, his code name, he's a CIA agent, and his code name is Stolen Valor. Yeah. Because he's one of those guys wearing the black vest. He had a cut. So he's wearing a black vest, and he's in the American Legion Motorcycle Club. He's 70-something. Yeah. 
He was awesome. And he has a uh, combat service medal. Good for him. Gi- why is he driving a bird? A giant. Oh, wait, it gets oh, better. It gets better. <laughs> because he can't ride his 1999 oh. Suzuki 1800 CC anymore. 18 or 1900 CC Suzuki. It's the biggest you can get. Cruiser, right? But anyway, he's got this combat service medal. I mean, combat guys. That's some shit, right? He's got this big combat service medal patch and the whole deal. If you saw this guy in, come into your shop, you'd think that this guy's clearly been decorated in at least two wars. Yeah, he looked like cotton from uh, yeah. Hank Hill. Uh, and, he, and he also, and right? And he, he's he got the POW MIA hat on oh, and yeah. the, the whole deal. I mean, he is a walking tribute to being in the military. Don't forget, he's a chaplain too. And he's a chaplain in yep. his particular motorcycle club, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. Mm-hmm. But in this course of all this, and I'm seeing all these patches and badges and shit on him, like some of them don't, don't make sense, right? But anyway, he then reveals to us that due to some technical, technical error when he joined the military when he was 18 years old, and he asked them for some time off to go get married and whatever, because you know I've been in the military, and a few of our listeners have probably been in the military, you know that the Army's very forgiving about giving you an extra month off to just go get married. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hold basic training for you. And then his story is that he got allocated to, he, even though he joined the army, they had said, no, you're going in the Marine Corps. And then he went home and they never called him and they never sent him a letter. And the recruiter never came to his house and knocked on the door. This son of a bitch had the nerve to tell me that he's not a veteran, but he's been active duty for 50 years. And I was like, dude, that's stolen valor. Mm-hmm. At, my, at his house. Yeah, ad- anyway, he was protecting And he's got his all yard. this military shit and all these badges and medals and shit on his cut, on he his leather all cut. Of it. All of it. And meanwhile, to find out, he's never gone to boot camp. Mm-hmm. He's he never was, been in the military. Well, yeah. And he rides a Bergman. And he's a chaplain <laughs> who just downgraded from a Suzuki 1900 to a Bergman. But in any case, this was the thing where today when he came in, we've been looking at the market and trying to price our bikes. And we can only br- price our bikes based on the market that we see what they're selling for at auction, what people are buying them for, what we're paying for on trade. And so I priced this particular bike a certain way, and apparently I was 600 too low (laughs) because he didn't fight. And not only that, but he told Renee and James coming in, I'm not buying a bike today. Don't even bother wasting your time. I'm not buying a bike today. I'm not buying a bike today. And he looked at three bikes that are all right around $10,000. And James told Renee... If Phil sells this guy a bike, because I was over there doing my thing, he said, James said to Renee, if Phil buys, makes this guy sell a bike, I'm going to pay for Phil's trip to Germany. <laughs> and James said that to Renee. And so I sold the guy the bike, whatever. I didn't know about this whole side bet shit. <laughs> so I shake the guy's hand, take his money, off he fucks. He's happy. He's thrilled. Yeah. It's exactly the bike he needs. It fits him. His, you know, He can get his leg over it and mm-hmm. he can ride it. And that's great. He's happy as fuck. Cool. Great. I mean, I don't care what his political affiliation is, although he tried to tell me seven times. Yep. He tried to remind me about who he voted for heavily. Mm-hmm. Right. I noticed you're not wearing a red hat. Uh, <laughs> why do you need to bring that up, sir? Why the fuck? I know. This why does who I voted either. for has anything to do with... This transaction does not need any political no, addition no. to it. Why do you need to be that guy? Right. Don't make me like this. <laughs> so he, uh, long and short of it is he left happy and you know we acquired his payment. And then Renee's kind of smiling and she's like, Phil, I got something that's going to make you really happy. And I'm like, 
what? And James is like, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say a word. And I'm like, you can't tease me like that. You have to tell me. And Renee's like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make James tell you. Ooh, even worse. Yep. And so James, I'm like, fuck you guys. I own this place. I will lock it down. I'll turn off the lights and put everybody in a timeout until you, until you talk. And James is like, I said it. If you sold this, this, this guy was unsellable. I said, if you sold this guy a bike, I was going to pay for your trip to Germany. And you fucking sold that guy a bike. <laughs> i like, it's my fucking job, man. So all day, he's like, he's putting like 45 minutes to an hour into everything. Like people calling on the phone, talking to him. Some people buy, some people don't. Even the best efforts. Like, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they didn't buy it. James gets a guy that walks in and goes, <laughs> I want a blue scooter. And he goes, this one or that one? He goes, that one. Yeah. How much? 500? Here you go. And then uh, no, it. James sold a bike in 37 seconds. In 37 seconds. I have never in my life, in the time it took me to press the button to listen to my voicemails, <laughs> I looked over and James, I hear James saying, uh, yeah, and so who are we going to make the title out to? And I was like, oh, bullshit, fuck. bullshit, no way. What did the guy buy? He bought a blue, a blue Vespa that came in yesterday that was one of the extra bikes I was telling you about. The nice one. It's got the screen and everything. It's TFT, Bluetooth, and all that horse shit. Yeah. But the point is, it was a bike that we didn't order, and we didn't have it pre-sold 19 weeks ago. And it was Man. the Ringer bike. like it was the, We call it the George Clooney bike, because George Clooney's going to walk in and buy the fucker. Right. Is that well, the bad blue or the, or the... It's the good blue. Ooh. Oh, it's, it's the, the beautiful. pretty blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty blue. Anyway, I'm, I hear James closing this deal, and I'm like... He's the service manager. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to deny seven service jobs now. I'm going to show you who's in charge here. And then he looked He'd at... He'd be glad if you did that. Though. I know, he would. He looked, he looked at the destination charge, right? And, and not getting mad or anything. He's like, so uh, when no, the guy freight. delivers... Oh, he looked charge. at the freight. He looks at the freight charge and goes, so when the guy delivers, I just give him the 600 bucks or what? Right. Because he thought that was an additional... Oh, he thought he that was local care. delivery. delivery. <laughs> right. And I'm like... And he's like, oh, yes. And he goes, he Phil. Yes. <laughs> Phil, you got a delivery. Here's your 50 bucks. I'm, I'm <laughs> not joking. I'll bring it back to me. I'm not joking. It is... McElfresh has yeah. taken that one on yeah. Saturday. It was so, yeah. and so, but he's like, oh, it has to be in my driveway by Sunday for Mother's Day. Yeah. Ooh, right. uh -huh. It's got to be there for Mother's Day. It's got to be there for Mother's Day. So realistically, he could not have picked any other bike in my shop. Sure. There's nothing he could have bought that I would have been able to put in his driveway on Monday. He could have just stood out in the parking lot and said, which bike can you have in my driveway on Monday? Right. And I would have said, I, I, I've got it. 2018 Vitpillin from Husqvarna. <laughs> and he just said, fuck it, deliver it, man. Well, it needed yeah. to be blue. It had to be blue. Yeah, I think that was a major component, was it had to be blue, right? Even though we have 17 he wanted, Well, there. he wanted the 300 GTS at first, and then James he had no like, concept, that one sold. He had no concept of size. Yeah. Or like, you know. Nothing. He just thought, scooter, mm -hmm. okay, fun, wife, <laughs> happy now, yeah. done. I'd yeah. like to buy my wife that motor <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like how many husbands are like buying the bike for their wife because right. they want it like, yeah the homer the homer the, right. oh, the, the, bowling the bowling ball, ball? Yeah. yeah it says homer on it that whole thing very fucking funny <laughs> anyway so to my immediate left we have oscar and to his left steve sleepy and to his and to his left johnny mack and to his. god damn it you jumped the gun so premature is a son of a bitch. And it only took us half an hour. Yeah, like a, uh, well, we like to call that the cold open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the cold open. <laughs> and on today's open. show. Uh, so anyway, I thought this was fun. I do want to give you. I liked some last week. Johnny Mac doesn't know how to put an ice ball in a glass. Oh, dude, we talked about that before you got here. Uh, 
Dude, I was I was editing the podcast last night, and I, I came up hard. I came across that part. I was laughing so hard, I almost pissed myself. <laughs> you you hold up the glass, and you're like, I hired this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Sometimes, sometimes you need different ice. Right. <laughs> he drank it though, right? He drank it. He found a way. He drank it. He well, figured he, it out. Then he broke then one f- of your crystal fucking no, diamond glasses. Oh, that this was fucking guy. Yeah, I did not do guy. that. That was you. This is why we can't yeah. have nice things, guys. So, uh, three stars. Aaron. <laughs> three stars. So, Aaron writes a warm fuck you from Eastern, your Eastern neighbor in Philadelphia. Oh, Fair no. enough. All right. Okay. Philadelphia. It's, it's always a, sunny. Always. Yeah. Philadelphia's definitely got its own fucking vibe going on. So yeah, I remember going this to Philadelphia, job. the the, the uh, what is it, Liberty Bell or whatever, with my yeah. grandparents, yep. only to watch like this kid, these kids fighting over a bicycle, and one whips out a stick and yeah. starts whacking the other kid. Like, and you go see the Liberty Bell, and it's in a crime, just like plexiglass, plexiglass cage. It's yeah. in a plexiglass booth. There Can it we, is. Let's get the fuck out of here. Freedom Square. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Can the Philly guys send the names of the two cheesesteak places across the street from each other? That are fighting Tony's Gino's 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 yeah, yeah. Tony's yeah. and Gino's Tony's and Gino's yeah. yeah I think that's right I think I that's, needed, that's yeah. the only I, that's why I want to go there just to get it stamps from both sides of the street and that's and that's how they guarantee the business each yeah. of those guys should be sending each other Christmas blowjobs because oh, yeah. like <laughs> as long as they're in like as long as they're battling yeah then people are thing. like oh I want to go there and get one from each store way to be a consumer yeah. you'll show them a thing or two I know a guy you got twelve hundred bucks twelve hundred bucks perfect. So uh, he's so a couple of couple of funny things uh, that he writes, which which I get a kick out of. Any idea where I can get a radiator fan for a 1994 Suzuki Intruder 800? It doesn't need to be from a Suzuki Intruder 800. Uh, what I uh, insider tip I'll give you the Suzuki, Boris. yeah, the in the Suzuki Intruder is a parts bin bike. So a lot of the parts <laughs> that you're going to find on the Suzuki Intruder and a lot of other parts that are with it came off of other bikes. So like. The fan that's on a Suzuki Intruder is also on 23 other Suzukis. So the good news is it doesn't have to be a Suzuki Intruder um, as long as it fits. Yeah. As long as it fits. Size in is more important. Size is more important. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so you can go to Partzilla or whatever and get the part number and look it up carefully, or you can just not. Uh, anyway. <laughs> So, well, also, don't most parts places they uh, when you're online they have that cross reference. So they'll okay. show you other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the general the general premise would be if you go to certain sites, like if you go to Bike Bandit, they'll just take your money and never send you. Yeah, parts. don't never go to Bike Bandit. I'm willing to say that that's a, a pretty fair. <laughs> they statement. still owe me 120 bucks, and they won't give it back. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that from a lot of our customers that mm-hmm. that that has been a problem. But one of the things about any of these parts companies is Partzilla in particular, we're just going to use that one for fun. We'll just kind of use that one as an example. And when you look up a part on Partzilla, it's going to basically, you're going to drill down to the point where you're going to get what, is, what resembles a, uh, a company uh, parts list, a parts diagram. Okay, so you'll see a black and white image that's got a whole bunch of parts on it, right? A whole bunch of parts stuff. And when you see that and you look on there, the good news is Partzilla is one of them that does. I'll make sure that part is up. There we go. Okay, great. So our, our people at home can see it. 
So when you see an item that I know is used on a bunch of different bikes, okay, so this we're looking up the parts for a 1994 Honda CB250. Well, you know what's sad about this? Yeah. This was my job back in 2000. I know. This, this didn't exist online. Right. I was exactly. the parts guy. I had to look yeah. this shit up and be like, okay, yeah, you can get this or that yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So what? It, let's just say that Steve needs a, a fuel tap, a petcock. So he needs a he needs a pet cock, right? So he's own enough. So what makes he what makes Partzilla, in my opinion, one of the better resources is it will give you the actual fucking part number, right? The Honda part number. Now this pet cock probably comes from. Petcocks are us in China or Petcocks we be in Japan or whatever, but it comes from somebody. It ain't usually coming from Honda except for the bag, right? But the good news is you can use that part number and then order things based on the part number and realize now there is some companies will have a backwards compatibility. And if you look yeah. at Partzilla, here it is, related fitment. So you can look at this fucking chart that says that this particular Petcock is used on every fucking Nighthawk, right? Going back to, I think, Year of Our Lord, like, 92? Yeah, 92. So it is the same Petcock, and that's pretty cool, right? And sometimes they even cross-rest different models and everything, as long as it's the same part. Exactly, yeah. right. And so that's a big thing. So the idea being cross-referencing. So you can find it from many different models, many different parts. So that's a nice thing that you can use stuff like this. Also, once you have that part number, then you can throw that part number up onto eBay or whatever and, and find the part a lot easier that way. Mm -hmm. If, in fact, you try to order it from Partzilla and Partzilla says, oh, yeah, um, you know, let's check availability on that part and they'll let you know. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the thing. Just be aware that, you know, just because a company says that they have it in stock doesn't necessarily mean they really do have it in stock. And, Just letting you know that. And for uh, Suzuki, RonAirs.com or yeah. um, PartsFish.com. Yes, right. And that's. They'll yeah. have all the break, those charts for uh, mm -hmm. Honda, Yamaha, yep. Suzuki, yep. and. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of dealers for years. I mean, and there's and Ron Ayers, by the way, they're not. My eyes are burning. They're not just a distributor. I mean, they're a fucking dealership in Greenville, North Carolina. But they're a dealership that years ago decided to put all the parts fishes online, right? So that's cool. So that's pretty neat. And Ron Ayers does Honda, Yamaha, uh, you know, the brands like that. So that's a good source. But that's the idea is for for that particular for that particular bike, right? So that's a thing to be aware of. I used to go to South Carolina a lot for these events. Those poor dealerships, they have to carry like 9,000 razors. Like there's like their whole parking lot is nothing but side Oh, those side poor bastards. <laughs> yeah, sell a razor and then sell $7,000 worth of razor accessories for it. Oh, but you got to yeah. have those fuckers everywhere. They're just laying all over the yeah, place. Yeah, because people buy them. Well, yeah, right. that's exactly it. Look, man, you can't take away an American's right to have a razor and to put ten thousand dollars worth of shit on it. No, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know, yeah. Which but it's, it's a very pop in their parking. Dealerships line. love it. I mean, okay. deal. I, every dealer I know that has the ability to sell side by sides mm -hmm. sells side by sides. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it is a profit center. Oh. Yeah, and the margins aren't too bad on them either. So, yeah. So <laughs> check this out. This customer, this customer, Most customers this who can ride side by sides can yeah. put their arm off the side. Yeah, and yeah. their knuckles drag. Drag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also true okay check this out here's the deal you guys want to look at that everybody look at that that harness look at that fixture look at that piece of wiring okay so we know this thing's got three yellow wires we can all see that it's got three yellow wires yeah mm -hmm. so we know that's coming out of this coming out alternator. of the stator alternator right 
So we we kind of know by that where it is on the that bike. One looks kind of black. Yeah, I was going to ask if anybody noticed that. Mm-hmm. So if anybody noticed one of these things is not like the other. So yeah, you're right. One of those things is not like the other. Of the three wires, one of them has had some, um, let's just say, a, Excess th- a thermal <laughs> event. Yeah, a thermal event maybe, right? So there you go. So I've been having some issues with my charging system on my 2001 Shadow VT1100C. You don't say. I think I know where the problem is. I checked the stator voltages for each of these wires. The black one's voltage isn't consistently giving four volts. <laughs> yeah, there's not a black wire. <laughs> so that wire that you're calling the black wire is a yellow wire. Yeah. The charcoal right? one. Yeah, the charcoal one. The one that's... Why is that one so crunchy? Uh, yeah. Call Rick and get a stator. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. I'm thinking that I should probably resolder the bullet connector here. No. You don't resolder the bullet connector there. What has happened is your stator has started putting out way too much power. Also, you don't solder bullet connectors. Even if you could. Even if you did. <laughs> even if you wanted to. You could cut it out and then solder the wire. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you could do that. And right. you could put a new bullet connector on yeah. it, which yeah, I would solder. That's crimpy. Right. You crimp those. Maybe you do. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, that's what the whole point of Corp- Corporate like Steve. It when there's an intermittent corporate connection. Steve. So. Right, right. I mean, I've seen fuses melt and yep. stuff like that because they were loose. Mm-hmm. And so they, they just touch just and they, it makes yep. heat and resistance. Mm-hmm. That's right. It'll melt connectors down. It could That actually could be part of it. Adding resistance. Cutting it out and replacing it might help. Right. Okay. Adding resistance to any circuit will create heat. True. Guaranteed. So the more you have resistance, the more you have heat, the more you're going to get something just like this. Cutting it out and, uh, and redoing it. But again, like he said, I love this statement where he says, I checked the stator voltages for each one of these wires. The black one's voltage isn't consistently giving four volts. That's why I'm thinking that you have a a fractured wire inside the wiring harness for your 21-year-old Honda VT1100C, of which people that do this for a living will tell you that, yes, the wiring on those bikes after 21 years can get a little brittle. Nicely put, like, you know, it just gets a little brittle. So, yes, if you do that and you don't achieve greatness by making a good connector there and creating a good termination, then you are probably like Pete's or Steve says, you need to call Rick's. So, call Rick's and get a fucking proper, cromulent, excellent stator and your problems will go away. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. It's the same one that uh, Iron Man has in his chest. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's who made Iron yeah. Man's generator, Rick yeah. Rick's, Staters. Yeah, Rick Staters. Yeah, that's exactly right. But so that is, and that's something that, yeah, dude, you're going to fucking have that shit. That's, you got a 21-year-old bike. Fuck, man, if you have a GSXR, if you've got anything resembling a GSXR and it's more than 10 years old, you have a stator problem. You do. I, it's just a fact. There's, there's no getting around it. Uh, so, uh, Remember a few weeks ago when we asked people whether they liked behaved podcasts or unbehaved podcasts better? Mm-hmm. Liquored up podcasts or not liquored up oh, yeah. podcasts better? The big, the big mm-hmm. question. So uh, one of our podcast listeners says, brown liquor podcasts that get as far as possible off topic are the best. Particularly if you can get GSG and Mecklefresh. I really should have looked to see how that's spelled. Arguing like an old married couple. Well, that enough. happens without right. Yeah. Then he follows it up with my favorite. Dumb question. <laughs> dumb dumb text question that requires no rushed reply. It's okay. We don't rush to answer those. Is there a handy rule of thumb for adjusting chain tension Ooh. 
on a bike ah. with a center stand when the manual for said bike specifically says to adjust it on the side stand. Yeah. Ah, what a bit of fuckery that is. So the, the way we live here in the shop is everybody always goes, yeah, man, can I buy Can I get a center stand option for that bike? Because I want to be able to adjust my own ten- chain tension. <laughs> okay. Hand to God, if you've worked in a motorcycle shop for more than a week, and BMW has a uh, shaft drive R9T. Mm-hmm. That's it's very hard to adjust the chain on that one. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. And if you've got a BMW R9T sitting in your motherfucking showroom, which does not come with a center stand, right. 19 people, usually wearing AMSOIL hats, <laughs> will come up to you and say, Can we not get ah! again? <laughs> will usually come up to you and say, Two stars. <laughs> they'll usually come up and they'll be like, yeah, that's a cool bike and everything, and I'd buy it tomorrow if it had a center stand. Right. You wouldn't buy it tomorrow if it had a center stand. And if I went ahead and had a center stand in a box right now and said, oh, I'm I'll, so glad you said that. I'll throw it in. Because I happen to have one in the box right here. Caught you. Here's yeah. an affidavit. Sign this affidavit. Right, sign this affidavit. <laughs> before you say that. If would you? Has a stand, I think I you're just, I think you're lying to me. <laughs> so would you look into that camera and say that again? Yeah. Right? Anyway, people say that shit all the time. But the reason they always say center stand is because I do all my own chain maintenance. Right. Okay. So it is pretty funny, pretty funny, that in an owner's manual for a motorcycle, insert name of any motorcycle. With a chain. That comes with a chain, not the R9T, and has a side stand, as most motorcycles today do have a side stand and not a center stand. The manual would, in fact, have information in the manual for setting the chain tension. Mm-hmm. And it would assume that the bike was on the side stand because the motherfucker doesn't have a center stand. All right? <laughs> so the guy brings up a valid point. And I like it. Okay? And I love the whole idea of the handy rule of thumb. Sure. Because the handy... <laughs> and the best part... For people... To the camera. Wait, after, after you drink that, I'll tell you the best part of this. Oh, my God. Oh, so for the people who can't see... Mecklefresh just brought out a dog bowl, <laughs> of a booze. dog bowl with one spherical ice cube in it, with about two and a half shots of lowbrow bourbon whiskey in it. Yeah, there you go. Hard and, to fuck that up, and you get good saturation now. You get good penetration of the ice because the the ice is just rolling around in there like a cat toy. And I think I washed the PCBs out after the last time I, I cooked some. Uh, Oh, that's Vespa rubber. Yeah, that's that's Steve's official rubber. Uh, what do we call that? The uh, rubber enthusiasm, like adding cromulents to the yeah, rubber. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not getting it into the rubber works GTS. better when it's warm. You yeah. look the yeah. little parch. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. So, Steve bought a thing. I did. Steve bought a thing, and what I think is kind of fucking cool about this thing, uh, aside from its fucking. Did you open it? It comes with a bag. Okay. What? <laughs> and, well, so there's a rule. Like if you buy bourbon, if you buy Crown Royal, right? right Has to have a bag. It comes in a bag. Yeah. In a box. Oh, dude, right? it's black. So like you buy a Rolex, it comes in a bag, yeah. on a display stand, in a box. Yeah. Like the more levels of complication yeah. that you have to get to the item you paid for. Sure. And even now the Kimco scooters come with a key fob. 
mm-hmm. that's wrapped in like you know presentation oh, no, it's quality. The Apple box, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, but you know, in the Asian world, like in the Asian market, packaging is a major part right. of the value of a gift or you know a thing. Right. So my first problem with this is that it's called BPA racing. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, BPA racing. I have never seen BPA racing. I watch a lot of racing. I've never seen BPA <laughs> racing as a sponsor for anything or whatever. But I did. Tie, I did. It is nice that they handily gave you the um, the acronym. They've spelled it out for you. That is best power sports accessories. Mm-hmm. Quality. 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 And uh, my number one is this: is the uh, on the back of things. There's some symbols always. And if you look at packaging, always look at the symbols because. Certain symbols tell you a lot about what's in the packaging. A good rule of thumb is if you're buying a toaster Mm -hmm. and on the back of the packaging or on the device that says UL listed. That's pretty good. Now, CE is the kiss of death. CE is the fourth place participation trophy of the rating world. (laughs) CE is the official, it's from China. Right. CE rating is the equivalent of we know the letter C and E, and it's just like when you used to see like ISO two thousand and seven sure. or ISO forty six ninety. It was just the letters ISO and some random numbers. Nobody knew what they meant afterwards, and that was also an indication that you were buying a Chinese product that was probably going to fail instantly. So it's like kosher. <laughs> no, there's rules to kosher. Yeah, kosher know, the guy has to walk in the room and leave. Like parive, <laughs> like 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 all the things about. Yeah. You know, halal and everything. Like, I assure you, that shit is regulated. Yeah, that's like you can get a stri- you can get a blowjob from a stripper who has tattoos because tattoo artists will not tattoo your sixteen year old. They won't. So just by the fact that this person is tattooed, <laughs> hold you- on. Good tattoos good because there's on. a lot of poking sticks yeah, yeah, going yeah, 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 yeah. on. Okay. okay, now I'm gonna say a quality tattoo. Thank you. So if you look down and the girl's got quality tattoos, wow. so you know she's her tattoos, she's safe. You know she's overage. If all of her tattoos look like her friend did them, yeah. stay the fuck away. If there's like hearts, yeah, yeah, yeah. stay away. Dot it like dot <laughs> tattoos, stay away because if she could have, she would have gotten real tattoos. If there's right? pus coming out of the new <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> if no, I've had, I've seen good ones do that. But realistically, <laughs> if if she has only prison tattoos and no real <laughs> tattoos, no paid for tattoos. I peeled off all the scabs and let the pus drain out. Yeah, yeah, dude, I can tell you right now, that is a good rule of thumb. I learned that when I was in the army, that if somebody has quality tattoos, tattoo artists are very particular about not tattooing children. Now, there is a thing about now we have parents waivers and all that kind of shit, but just the same. I think it's a good safety measure. <laughs> if you're in a strip club and the girl's like, I'm going to give you the full run, you're like, uh-uh, uh, no, no, let me see some quality work. I mean, I need to see something at least as good as an Ed Hardy, right? So we're going to do that. So anyway, the number one tool of the market. Yeah. The quality. number one tool of the market. Which market? Yeah. English, not first language. Trust the experts of BPA racing. Fair on. Manufactured almost entirely of stainless steel with utter attention to all its components. This chain tool will stay by your side for years to come and go. And it has a hologram uh, sticker on it. It has top. a hologram so, on it. A, I know. That's how you know that makes good. it official. And it's a QR official. code. So it's is, it, legit. Is, is it spelled K-U-M? And it does say 
committed to creating accessories and tools that equip all adventurous riders, adventurous riders, and drivers to get the most out of their vehicles. BPA Racing combines innovation and quality in the best products for safe and enjoyable rides. Dude, I am totally okay. They went the distance. Well done. You paid for a translator. The other extra topic is, or the other extra thing is patent, patent pending. pending. <laughs> and by the way, the you box. can you can put patent pending on penny yeah, and you want. want because you're like, I'm thinking about getting a patent. But the more important thing is yeah. the user reviews were very, like they were good. There was like they were great. Yeah, a lot I'm of, sure it is. And, and the it and, works. And the artwork Same on the box guy is cool. Did right? it 500 times. Yeah, and it yeah. comes with a the box, the bag. A, 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 what would you describe? It's not velour. No, it's, it's a, like vanilla. They, they got a good deal. They got <laughs> a good deal on it's Elvis not Corinthian leather. It's no. like vanilla. And it's got at least three QR codes on it, so you right. know it's good. If you click on that, if you take a scan of that QR code, you just bought somebody two round-trip uh, first-class <laughs> airplane tickets in Moscow. Yep, yeah. And so anyway, here we go. So this thing is basically a giant fuck-off spring. I mean, a very heavy spring. Yep. It's a bloody fucking heavy spring. And uh, just a roller thing and three so pins, laser right? cut. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, this is stout as a motherfucker. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay? Stout as a motherfucker. And then it comes with a, a, a big, like a Torx 40. A te- Torx, yeah, Torx yeah. 40. That's the, so once, yep. so the way you use it is you have to actually adjust your chain to manufacture specs. And then you put that tool on it. Hold it up and explain it to the kids. Right. So you, you, you for so one what time. Is, what is it? So for, for, before you can use this, you have to adjust your chain properly on a side stand and make sure to manufacture specs. Once you get it set if up, if you've to done manu- that, why do you need that tool? Because bing, 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 then bing. once you put this on there, you adjust <laughs> this so that, like, when it's on the thing, it, 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 you know, it stretches it, and then you set this to zero at the adjustment, and then you lock it in. And so, say you're on a ride, you're going for a two thousand mile ride, and you stop, you throw this on there, and it'll tell you if it's too loose or too tight, and then you can adjust it on the fly without having to think about it too much. Right. So, so it makes so it so you like you can get constantly, co- you can constantly adjust it to the same tension all the time without fucking around. Right. So how many of those do you need? So one per bike. One per bike. So how many do you need? <laughs> yeah, he has to take out loans to get enough of them. Right. And, this is, and if you do have one bike, it's not a bad thing at all. Right, right. Um, there's a, another thing called, the, this has been around for many years, called the Chain Monkey. And uh, the Chain Monkey basically, literally, is just a plastic device that hangs on the chain. And then there's a threaded rod that installs a deviation in the chain. It's basically putting your thumb into the chain. And so it does that as well it is basically like you in, you imply a a bend in the chain and then you tighten your shit so there's no slack and so if you use the chain monkey you put the bend in the chain and then you have no slack then when you take the chain monkey off right when you remove said chain monkey then there will be the correct tension on your vehicle right that's the idea behind the chain monkey this one works a little differently in so much as that you adjust it according to manufacturer's recommendations and then set it and set it and then that is the device that you go back to every time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice if you get a new chain and it's stretching every 500 miles or something. Exactly. Because I'm going to assure you, I have been installing chains on vehicles for a very long time. They stretch. Mm -hmm. They stretch a lot. And it various different like if you're running just a metal chain no o-rings no x-rings you know just a metal chain a straight up metal chain it's to me it's kind of shocking how much one of those chains will sag out in like the first thousand miles it's on the bike i think i see a remnant of elvis (laughs) (laughs) cb500 that john and i worked on uh 
wasn't it like an inch and a half or something? The oh. chain was, it was, it was that really was fucked. I know it was. It, it was that, the chain was an the inch re- and a half longer. It looked like a sawtooth. It was all the things were burnt. They were bent over. the opposite way. Oh, really? They were bent. You would think they would bend shark fins. Yeah, shark fins. But they were bent the other way. Huh? Weird. That's weird. Uh, I, mean, I think what happened with that bike was somebody was riding it in like fifth gear going very fast, clicked it all the way down to first and left the clutch out or something. It's like, oh no, it's like, do you know a reason that you can take a, a chain that has been hooked, uh, sprockets, sprockets yeah. that have been hooked in the traditional way. Yeah. And you have a chain, a sprocket and chain set that's really, really worn and is hooked in the traditional fashion. If the motor seizes on the bike. Yeah. So if the motor seizes on the bike, it's amazing. It takes all those hooks and bends them the other way. Yeah, that's what this yeah. was. Yeah. And that's why I'm I've like, seen, I've had that happen. The only thing I've been I can like, how the fuck is happening is like somebody was in fifth gear, put it all the mm-hmm. way in first, shut the motor off, and then tried to pop the clutch, and it just went. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But also they were just the, cheap the torsion the uh, control bar was detached, right. and the brake lever was bent. So what could yeah. have happened was that when the torsion lever yeah. let loose, the arm bent, and then when it rolled around, it hit the brake as hard as yep. it could. Could, could that? Yep. I, I, well, I could or you that, could have like, been you're... my dad and been so fucking cheap that you took your sprockets off, rotated them 180 degrees, and put them back on again. It wasn't that. You could, yeah. Because like, the sprockets weren't thin. No. Like, you know, they, no, they were, when they start curling yeah, over, they get They get thin. super thin, yeah. These were still solid. I mean, like, there oh, was still shit. a lot of meat on them, yeah. and they yeah. was very odd. Right. So here's one of the things it was I do a want. Catastrophic event that did that. <laughs> Something <laughs> catastrophic happened. Hey, that bike didn't get parked for no fucking reason. No. Right. That's exactly it. Here's a rule of thumb about chain tension. There is no rule of thumb because each bike's manufacturer specifications for chain slack has to do with where the output shaft or the counter shaft mm-hmm. sprocket is, the front sprocket, the small sprocket where that is in relationship to the back wheel. Now, on some motorcycles, the swing arm pivot is exactly harmonious with the front sprocket. That's the BMW, the dirt bike that BMW came out with for two or three years, the HP or whatever. Sure, it was also zero electric motorcycles. And so there is no slack. There is no slack at all. It is a high-tension configuration because... The sprocket is moving literally in the same axial line mm-hmm. as the chain. So there's no the spring, right, the swing arm. I would argue a chain right. should always have some sort of slack. I don't care what it is. But a belt, a cog right. belt should yep. never have slack. It depends on the application, right? So here's but here's what I do want to talk about in chain tension. It is very difficult to say somebody goes, Oh, well, you're supposed to have an inch and a half of slack at the bottom of the chain, an inch and a half of slot. That can be so wildly different on especially modern motorcycles because in your, if you're talking about a sport bike that has a swing arm where the top part of the chain actually rides along a guide. So there's a nylon guide on the top of the swing arm. You can see it in this picture. It's above the arrow. So it's about, you know, it's about, you know, six inches above the arrow. Uh, when you see your sport bike has your chain and it's riding on that guide, we've had customers come in here and be like, oh my God, I took all the slack out of my chain. My chain was so slacked that my top part of my chain was riding on that plastic. You, no, no, no. That's how the bike is engineered. 
because when the suspension travel on a sport bike could be four inches, five, six inches, they want to be able to have that range of motion because your front sprocket is not in perfect alignment with the bolt that holds the swing arm on that fulcrum point, that axle, that, that middle of the swing arm mount. So there is going to be a disparity as that swing arm makes its range of motion as it does travels through its arc of motion. And that's what the slack is for. The slack is there so that when the wheel is unsprung and the wheel is fully sprung, you're somewhere in a happy medium between the two, because if you tighten that chain up till there's zero slack and then you sit on the bike and then your wife sits on the bike behind you and then you hit a bump, you will literally be impeding the ability of this chain to go in circles around the sprockets mm -hmm. because you're over tightening the chain. I'm a slacker. Yeah, I, well, I always leave probably more slack than most people would like, and I because I I don't want to create any extra friction. Exactly, right. I, in my experience, and yep. I could be you know your experience might be different. Yep. I've had chains that were fucking so floppy and mm -hmm. loose, and they never came off. No. They never skipped a tooth. Yep. The the point at which a chain will actually start jumping is re really is good. ridiculous. And that's a big that's the big thing I wanted to tell folks. You are more likely to damage the chain. The sprockets and the motorcycle <coughs> by over aggressively tightening a chain. Yep. Then you are by having slack. I have the only time I've had a chain jump a tooth was on our SSRs and they hadn't had the chains adjusted oh, yet. ever. And we were breaking them in. <laughs> yeah. And we were breaking them in ever so gently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By jumping things and getting them covered in mud. Although the drag races and that the drag races, a lot. that probably helped. <laughs> but I did eventually. The chain did eventually jump a tooth. Yeah. Like it eventually, you know, we all felt it made a pop and whatever, and it, it jumped a tooth. But to give you an idea, they were already soft from the factory. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah. My ass on an SSR is putting it to maximum compression when I land on a jump. And yeah, we stretched the fuck out of those. Well, we things. were dropping them at maximum velocity <laughs> yeah. to 100% go. Absolutely. <laughs> One, I, totally. You know what? You yeah. we never you never actually addressed it. So yeah. that's why you need to have your chain adjusted on the side stand is because yep. you need to have some weight on that back wheel right. compared to on, the, on the, the center stand yep. where now if you adjusted it, it's totally unloaded. Yeah. Right. It's You're totally fun. unloaded. If you could sit on the bike and somehow reach down or have somebody else give a little quick check on yeah. it. Yeah. Make sure when you're sitting on it, you still yeah. have a little bit of Absolutely. A little bit of slack. You're yeah. good. I agree. And so the idea that Sleepy's device is, mm -hmm. is yes, go to the manufacturer's manual, read it fucking step by step, set the chain up correctly, set the magic tool up, mm -hmm. and then you'll understand, okay, from now on, all I got to do is this part of the job. Yep. E I still, to me, it's it's not worth fifty bucks for me. I'm gonna. It was on sale for thirty five. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna still read the manual. No, of course. Yeah, but I think. I mean, this is more or less. So you, the reason that it comes in the bag and mm -hmm. stuff is that for my Africa twin, right? I can throw it in my box. Yep. On the rare mm -hmm. occasion I go on a seven hundred mile ride, right? Halfway through it, if I'm stopped at the hotel or something, I can throw it on there and be like, oh, I'm a little loose. Let me just fix that. You know, whatever. It just yeah. makes it nice and quick yeah. and simple. You're always a little loose. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't. So the answer is, yeah, is there a handy the, rule? Well, when you're that mountain. small, everything's ah, loose, isn't but, it? But, the <laughs> but checking the tension oh. in the owner's manual is like 2,500 miles. 
Well, That's I'm true. Just, yeah. Okay. Something, so uh, they don't. I mean, a Honda doesn't even care. So no, but if you but if you slapped a new chain on, say you slap a new chain on yeah. for a thing, it's going to stretch in five hundred miles. If I had a miles. choice between that and a can of chain lube, I'd take the chain lube yes, every time. Absolutely. If you right, that's no shit. If you want to know what how to focus your energy, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's a, good point. that's a great tool. If you've already used your can of chain lube, it got me. I was on Instagram. No, I was I, like, oh, no, thirty five no, bucks. I'll fucking take look, it. God I damn it, snake oil. I don't think it's a bad <laughs> idea buy, like, at all. A, a, a flashlight too. No, I bought. I bought. <laughs> I bought rubbered rubberized socks, but they never came. Do you know what I bought the other day? Because I didn't even realize you could buy this. I bought six pounds of Reese's pieces. <laughs> what? Okay, so Wait, I, I one Reese's oh, piece six pounds. Where are they? <laughs> you show me. I think my I think my uh, I think my Amazon driver was like huh, six pounds of Reese's pieces. But oops, box ripped off. No kidding. I love Reese's pieces. I I just generally I think that's one of my favorite candies in the world. But I was I was always like. I always like. You don't eat cereal in the morning. You just have a bowl, bowl of Reese's. Reese's. <laughs> hey, look, Re- that Reese's candy, that Reese's cereal. That, if you want to really do some damage to your body, oh yeah, oh yeah, that shit's delicious though. It's like if Captain Crunch had a chocolatey peanut buttery baby. Just don't uh, eat them before you go to the dentist because it roots all, your whole mouth. It just is tears destroyed. it all apart. Yeah, yeah yes. it's, it's like it's like eating gravel. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, just, just to revisit the chain thing. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing about adjusting a chain. I mean, I I, I agree with John that you right. keep it a little loose, but. It's the alignment too. It's yes. like you, yeah. you want to make sure it's straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you yeah. don't want to get it cocked. And a lot of people don't. I mean, that's why they put little lines on them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, but you can't even trust those a lot of no, times. But I'm just saying, though, you could look you at can. it if it's adjusted. You can trust those almost 100% of the time. Yep. And I, mm. and I will tell you, I, have the, I bought the laser thing. <laughs> yeah. You talk about buying dumb shit. Yeah. My dumb shit cost way more than your dumb shit. <laughs> because back when lasers weren't free, right. back when lasers weren't literally at the dollar store, right. I bought a $700 laser. <laughs> alignment tool the wheel alignment tool nice. we have it in the back and because has it I, paid for itself yet oh my <laughs> so i also was of the school uh, wait till your customers get the laser chain alignment oh. fee on their <laughs> look i put it i put it there right after the nitrogen in the tires oh, yeah, i give them the too. green valve caps i put the green valve caps on and i charge them the 90 bucks for the nitrogen in the oh, tires yeah. every time and summer air don't adjust your tire pressure don't do it sir bring it here Bring it here. Yeah. Don't do it because we put nitrogen in there. So don't adjust that air pressure at home. You'll let all the nitrogen out. We don't want you mixing any air with our nitrogen. <laughs> so bring your bike here <laughs> so we can adjust pro- your air pressure. Corrosion problems on your rims because it reacts poorly. Um, sir, we're trying to do you a solid. We're trying to keep you safe. Now, do you have to worry now, if the and, temperature... And also, bring it back here too if you need to top off the oil because I don't want you putting any of that over-the-counter oil in there. We only use Wolf's head. We only use... <laughs> We only use. We only use used oil. But you got to be careful. We only, we only use one brand of oil around here. And if you need it's topped off, Sleepy's in the back room. It'll cost you $1,200. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. but more importantly, be careful when you you know, you know fill your tires up in the winter because yeah. the air density is different. So in the summer, you're going to have to change that air out. I, make, I tell people very clearly that your warranty on our service goes out the window if you if you'd fail to top up with Amsoil. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We also have the Amsoil coolant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So and the I, patches and the coats. And the patches and the coats. <laughs> yeah. You come in for your 100th Amsoil oil change and you get a free patch for your jacket. 
You don't want to drink out of that now that it's melting rubber in it. Oh, you're He's got to drink. No, I cleaned it. Extra extra chlorofluorocarbons for all my friends. PCBs, no big deal. Nobody cares. Brake cleaner? No. So anyway, but back to that idea. When I bought the laser alignment tool, which again, the only tool there was me. Because they got me. They fucking got me. And I mean, I've got the laser boresight tool for my rifles. Sure. Right? I bought into all that shit. You have to have that. Again. No, you don't. You don't. Trust me. You don't. No, you have to have every accessory you could possibly buy for your rifle. I've been shooting my whole life, and the laser alignment tools, all they did was lead me down a primrose path of shit fuckery. Like... That is an, two hours of my life I will never get back. You need a study rest because the really Chinese, the Chinese child who mounted the laser inside my seven six two shell that I'm loading into boresight my rifle cross-eyed. my three oh eight. No, it's fucking glued in. Oh, or whatever. There's like they give you this hint of like you can zero it. Like there's two little tiny, 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 tiny fragile optician screws on the side, so you can do like windage and elevation. Yeah, yeah. Of the laser emitter inside the 308 shell. Uh-huh. And they didn't even use a good 308 shell. And I put that thing in my rifle, which I I knew was fairly well sighted, you know, but I thought this would be cool. So I was just like gonna do a quickie out of the box test. And I loaded the thing in, aimed at it something roughly 75 feet away, and that shit was like <laughs> I could be more accurate with my old television remote control. The flash like, actually made it out the end of the barrel. Is kind of shocking. Yeah. Right. And so they're like, oh, and I read the instructions like, oh, but you have to like, you know, fire around and then you have to put that laser around into oh, the and chamber and then then figure out how far it's off and then extract it oh. without having it rotate. And then make windage and elevations adjustments huh. on the laser. Yeah, good luck with that. So then, then you have a reference. The Bushnell mm. one that I have yeah. is actually, it, it goes all the way. It's about oh, this long. It goes down your barrel. 17 inches long. The whole laser part is at the end. Exactly. Outside yeah, of your I barrel. know. So yeah, you know like I that. know. But it's it also, though, requires it, calibration. It comes with O-rings yep. <laughs> that you put I know, on dude. that fit oh. into the end of your barrel. I, I mean, it would get you hitting the broad side of a barn. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you so does a well-made not, rifle. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. So does a rifle that wasn't made by you, we were right? All given, or by me? <laughs> yeah. We were all given these tools called eyes. Eyes. And if you yeah. just stand behind your bike and look yes, at it, you can exactly. see exactly. Right. If you look, look at your eyes. front, your tire, yes, and the this spacing the within here. the <laughs> it, within the swing arm, if it's rubbing against the swing yeah. arm, you're too close. You know, just it should right. be relatively. Well, another thing. Up. So you can take a clothespin. Yep. And a fucking piece yep. of uh, um, a hanger, right? And put it there so it just lines up, and yeah. then as you adjust it, if it moves, yeah. and you're, you know, it's a two by four yeah. against your f- right. Slam it up against your front and exactly. back wheel, yeah. and make sure it's pretty yeah. straight. Pretty fucking straight. If your yeah. wheel is straight, your sprocket's going to be straight. Mm. Unless Bingo. you spin it, and your sprocket's I hope going so. like this. Then exactly. That's a problem. And we've had a couple where. You know, the guy's like, yeah, I don't know. My bike's kind of all over the place. And I'm like, I don't know. Really? Is it all over the place? And then you get the thing and you're like, oh, well, okay. The sprocket's going straight, but the wheel ain't. Uh. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you're, you got a problem. You're all over the place. It was the kid that brought the scooter in today with the blown out. <laughs> he hit like fucking. The I have biggest. no idea. That tire. Seriously. <laughs> Look, and I, I, I'll i be the first to say like, I mean, I'm not, I don't know shit about Mitas tires. Right. Like, I don't know who Mitas is. I don't know what Mitas is. I'm not a, like, I've never been to the Mitas factory. I've never been on any Mitas training tools or training trips. 
I've never had Mitas give me a seminar on why their tires are good. Right. But what I could tell you about that tire that came in today, that was a fail. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a fucking fail. And he's like, I don't know. It just lost all of its air. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 With no, no. With maximum no, no. velocity. Did you see his Crocs, though? I, all of him was pretty interesting. So his Crocs were straight up 100% strawberry shortcake Crocs. Oh, all right. So he was wearing strawberry shortcake Crocs with little birthday cakes and candles on them. Like, this guy was... And I couldn't tell if like he had hit his fingernails with a hammer. So in my world, if my fingernails are ever black, you know I've had a hammer accident. But it didn't look like, it didn't look like nail polish. No, it was nail polish seven weeks ago. Oh. Because here's the thing I've noticed about people that like to dance that fine line between like, hey, fuck you, I'm going to dress however I want to dress. I'm going to wear a Hello Kitty pink shirt and some you know espadrilles and whatever the fuck I'm going to do. That's cool. But usually people like that are like dialed in. Yeah. Like they're groomed, right? Uh, and if they're going to have, if you're going to be like an adult male, 36 years old and going to have nail polish on, it's going to be nice. Well, as your service manager said, that dude's a fruit loop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's that thing. It's like, it's one thing to be like edgy and stuff and being like, you know, I watch too much, you know, manga yeah. or whatever. It's one thing to do that and to be like, you can't put me in a box. Well, I've never seen somebody that actually bought the patch jacket from Hot Topic. Oh, before. it is 100% the <laughs> patch jacket from Hot Topic. And it's ironically cool. Yeah. It's ironically ironic. It's triple ironic, right? That's how cool he is. Yeah. But the problem is, he also does always look like he was in a gutter this morning. Yeah. Like literally yeah. that somebody dumped, Shabby chic. Dump, dumped the dumpster out. Well, and, and you guys were like, I think was it you or, or James that was like, okay, yeah, you're good. We got your bike now. He's like, yeah. oh. What do I do now? Do I, do I have to do anything? He's like, no, no. We'll call you when it's done. Did he drive that giant Cummins turbo diesel Dodge 4x4 with a 17-inch lift kit in? Did he drive that in? He did. Holy shit. It's such a dichotomy. I don't understand what's going on. I have Does a he feeling. Have stacks? No, he no, didn't I have stacks. Look, I have a feeling he has an incredibly wealthy parent. I just want to know how he got the scooter into the truck because he had because no clue of how to get it no, out. No, no, no. He never saw a ramp before. He was like, oh. Were there oh, straps involved? The butler put no. it in. I don't know. I think <laughs> it was just sitting there. Look, again, this is one of those things where we see a lot of weird stuff here at yeah. the shop. And that's a that's a $70,000 to $100,000 truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before you pay to lift it. And, and the thing it. is, is his mechanical knowledge was, I don't know what happened that my, my tire lost all its aerosity at one second. And, and the death <laughs> guy was like, well, you hit something. Yeah. I didn't hit anything. I didn't hit anything. I'm like, dude, if you didn't hit something, a robot crawled out of the ground, <laughs> bit your tire, <laughs> and held on for a mile and a half. There was a gash this big on the side at of least, the tire. At least. It is a truly Damn. fucked tire. Yeah. And there's a giant chunk out of the rim. Yeah. And it's like, if you're in such la-la land... That you don't know when you have straight up fucked your rim. Yeah. Like, it's epic. And there's yeah. 300 miles on the bike. He's like, I was on my way to work, man. It's not like there's a lot to compare it to either. You were literally 300 miles on the odometer. Yeah, man. It was crazy. But it was crazy. It's kooky. And I mean, it was, it was epic. And I was just like, yeah, that is fucked. But also, have some consideration. Yeah. If your truck, if the tailgate of your truck, is nipple high or higher? <laughs> this was head high. Yes, it was head high. Yeah. And this thing was so, this thing, I had the long ramps out. We were still high centering. Yeah. And it was a battle. Truly unsafe. Yeah. We had two people show up today. One guy with a truck that was literally yeah. face high. The tailgate was face high. 
that's inconsiderate. The other thing is like, don't just show up and be like, no ramps, no, no clue of how to get it out of there. But I think you know his parent or somebody honestly has a crane be- before or a dock. you got off the phone. Yeah. Like Renee was like, do you want to help him? Like, I think there might be a liability involved. I thought he was going to throw the scooter off the, the truck. The other thing was the fellow who showed up with a hitch hauler oh, yeah. that can best be described <laughs> as a Harbor Freight reject. It was going freight freight. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this particular hitch hauler showed up in the mail in a box that was literally this big. <laughs> it had parts that you bolted together. It's made out of like foil. Oh, no. It was made out of... At least 17 sub-assemblies. Yeah. There was no less than 29 bolts holding this thing together <laughs> to make it six feet long. Yeah. And some hitch haulers, VersaHaul, mm-hmm. will come with an anti-wobble device mm-hmm. that when you apply it, it puts tension between the hitch hauler and your class three hitch. And, and jo- it does John, become... He just straps shit together right. at least to hold it in place. Exactly. Yeah. This thing... Sometimes. Yeah. I also, I don't even like that. Sometimes yeah. I just, I like it to float back there. Oh, this, then you'd love this one. Because <laughs> this thing was listing well, my, 26 I, degrees to starboard. I don't yeah. mind it moving in the receiver. I yeah. don't want the whole thing. Ooh. It probably wasn't all tight. Oh, this was a, this was a hot mess. Mine, I, yeah. lo- I didn't have the hardware for it, so I used slightly smaller hardware. Yeah. It's kind of cool because it gives it a little. Gives tilt. a little cant, yeah. So when you go to roll a bike on it, yeah. you don't even hardly use need to use the ramp. Dude. The bike just sort of sits like this. Yeah, well, this like thing it's going to the moon. Uh, I wonder if the shelf on the back of the fire truck would would work if I put a. Why not? It is far better and more yeah. skookum than this fucking thing was. This thing, I I straight up told James, I was like, okay, James, I need you to come over here, customer. Okay, put your second hearing aid in. Very good. Get out your get out your horn, your ear horn. He was also about 175 years old. And I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put this bike on this device under protest. If it falls off, did you I know, told you not to use this. Did he make it home? I told James told him to call when he made it home. Oh. We used every strap in that guy's arsenal. <laughs> and when I got done strapping this thing to this device. Like a mummy. <laughs> then, yeah. Well, then the dude came out and he found a couple more straps and he put some more straps on or I wouldn't have put them on because whatever, they were doing nothing. Yeah. Sounds like you just should have just strapped it to the car and not yeah. even used the thing. <laughs> I really, man, this was, and this is an example. Hey, look, man. I kind of want to put a rail on the front of my $500 pickup truck. Just Yeah, why not? Weld it right to it. It can just live there. I had on, on one of my old trucks, I had the loops. So I had the, the wheel loops that you used to be able to get everywhere. I mean, Dixie International used to sell those wheel lip, loops oh, yeah. for 40 bucks for two loops. Yeah they, went, yeah, they hooked over the bumper like this, yeah. right? Yeah, they hooked over. If you had a steel bumper, they I, just I hooked over Bruce the front. Has a couple of them. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing high tech about them. Mm. But the, like a Trail 90. That's makes why the Trail 90 every, handlebars turn. Exactly. Right. You can exactly. flip the cam lever, yep. the handlebars turn this way, and right. it can sit right on the back. Right on the loops. Right Real tight, Danny. Perfect. I mean, literally what it was designed to do. And it makes it that much cooler <laughs> to show up anywhere with your front impact device is right. a Trail 90. I would just leave the bike. Uh, I have a couple bikes I could just leave on there Just leave the them on there all the time. <laughs> Extra bumper. I like, you see the, like the old uh, the European scrambler videos and stuff where the guy's just like. In the trunk. In the trunk. Or they'd have the bike, the front wheel just hanging off and the yeah. back wheel was rolling yeah. behind it yeah. neutral the whole time. My dad had a thing like that. And all it was, it went into your receiver yep. and it was a rectangular thing and the front wheel went in and it went across and then. But you know, and you could short distances. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go down the highway with that. Well, I'm sure he did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the the device that you're talking about, (laughs) 
There it is. Is uh, is this? And ninety bucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh shit. So here's where these things fail, uh, my my friends and listeners. This is ninety dollars, and this one is more expensive because this one has the bike levitation system. So that like once you load it, like you literally load the thing into the bike and then you pull that lever and then it raises the bike up. Okay. But it's the same company that made that dudes. Cause it has about 600 bolts in that mm-hmm. thing as well. Well, here's the problem. You will notice that the forks on the motorcycle are not in their normal forky configuration that right. you're now doing a wheelie, mm-hmm. right? The bike is doing a wheelie. The bike thinks it's doing a wheelie. Mm-hmm. The pivot that is normally associated with a trailer would be vertical. Mm. The car turns to the right, the trailer remains upright, oh, and the car turns to the right. <laughs> now, what we've done is we have a literally a 45-degree angle yeah. now. A 45-degree angle mm-hmm. between the motorcycle and its upright going straight down the road configuration and not. <laughs> when you turn the car yep. hard to the right, the motorcycle now lays over yep. on the right-hand side. And so if you turn the wheel on the car... Right. Lock left or lock right. The bike is essentially healing over far further than it would if it was even on its side stand. Oh, yeah. And we have seen these things when you go hard lock left or hard lock right, where the bike is now flattened out. Wow. And uh, there's a pretty good video somewhere that you can, you can find if you look for more than a second. Also, yeah. I mean, you're not reversing at all. Oh, you're not reversing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forget about reverse. Forget about you it. You can't reverse. Oh, my God, you can't. And so, like, in the plus column, those things are great because they're super small. You can keep them in your truck, and they're not a big deal. Okay? But this image right here, this is what you should be paying attention to. Oh, yeah. To, right? So, when you are looking at, you know this configuration that's the fail point the fail point is that the bike is leaning over far too much when you make a hard right or hard left hand turn that's exactly the problem and that's something that you should be aware of because you own that motorcycle (laughs) and uh, you probably don't want that motorcycle to get super duper fucked up because your broke ass only wanted to spend eighty dollars to haul it uh, but yeah, there, but that is something and just be aware of it. And I've also seen this configuration, uh, which at least on this one, this does solve one consideration because this motorcycle in question. Oh, it's backwards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, because this motorcycle has an automatic transmission. Oh, yeah. And here's a little safety tip from your Unky Phil. Motorcycle variators do work both ways. Ah. We tested it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so um, the the motorcycle and these are bloody expensive. I mean, these we're talking, you know, these things are seven hundred and twenty five bucks, and for seven hundred and twenty five bucks, it doesn't have the dignity to even lift your motorcycle off the ground. You could get an awesome wow. trailer like Dan's. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's absolutely true. But why I wanted to bring this to your attention is if you have an automatic transmission motorcycle of any variety, and you spin the back tire fast enough. Yeah, it's gonna the clutches will engage right. because they're centrifugal. They have, no, they have no hope except to not to. Right. As you rotate, so when you spin the back tire, the clutch pack in the back, the final drive, is spinning. And when it gets to any velocity, those clutch shoes will engage. It doesn't matter whether the power is coming from the motor or from the tire. Right. The transmission still transmissions. And what you don't want to do is have the transmission 
transmitting power Batteries. to the motor. Right. Well, you're going to be charging your battery, right? Yeah, right. It's <laughs> game on. Breaking right. right. everything but else. Yeah. Yeah. But this is totally not yeah. worse. I got an, an Instagram ad that I didn't buy yeah. um, the other day, and it was it was a, a little thing that you can keep underneath your seat that looked like a mini roller skate. And then it had it had Velcro, and so it said if you get a flat tire, you fold the wheels down oh, yes, and put it underneath your front tire, and then you can just ride away and yeah. ride home to what safety. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Wait it. a second, yeah. on a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. Yeah. It was an Asian guy on it, and it was small, and it was like probably a 125, but it showed a flat tire. So he took this little roller skate looking thing, folded the wheels down, and then strapped it to his tire and was like, day saved, and just drove away on this fucking thing. No. It, it looks like the old like uh, add-on skates for your shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Those are rollerblade wheels. <laughs> Pretty much. You can't hit anything on that. No. You can't hit anything but on it'll that. Save the day if you it'll save it's the not going to save the day. <laughs> it's going to break your ass. Yeah. And by the way, your tire's just sitting in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's by the way, the gravity. Had, they had the front tire. They had yeah, a yeah, yeah. nice, nice uh, Chinese-made Velcro strap that went around the tire. Did wheel. it have a QR code on it? Regardless, though. <laughs> okay. Bear with me, guys. Okay. This. No. <laughs> no. I've seen the video too. It's fucking. It's on the rear it's, wheel. It's, well, it says the front shit. wheel can be ridden. Right. The rear wheel can only tow. This is a device meant to kill people. Right. Yeah. Because. <laughs> no. You know that some idiot's going to put it on the rear tire. It doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter. Anyway. It'll just it'll just shoot the thing seven hundred yeah, right. feet. But the thing is, if you put it on the front wheel, yeah. right. Yeah. How do you turn? No, I, I, I don't That's care. Wrong. I don't care. Let's not even get that far. We're not going to get that far. Who in this room has ever ridden roller skates? Everybody. Who in this room has ever been on fruit boots? I mean, rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that too. Okay. That's what's odd here. Yeah. Okay. Now, how, okay. how big of a pebble stops oh. you dead on a skateboard or on your rollerblades? Not, not much. Sand. <laughs> a BB? Anybody? Yeah, with a BB. Me? You're yeah. with me on a BB? Yeah, yeah. With me on a BB. Yep. And what happens when you hit the BB? You fall. The, the whole thing locks. Stops, yeah. So now, just for the sake of argument, let's just say you're riding your motorcycle. Right. Well, with this shopping carts too, you could take this to a shopping cart level. Old <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> wobble. Yeah. No, or like. You hit a little tiny thing in the store. Oh, yeah. It locks the wheel right up and it drags. Fair it dinkum. Yeah. Now, if that little roller skate, that weird mutant fucking roller skate <laughs> that's on there. So stupid. If that did hit a pebble, what, what would happen? You're yeah, you're done. What would happen? It would stop. Right. But your motorcycle keeps Keep going. going. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then where does that thing end up? Underneath your back wheel. Underneath your back wheel. <laughs> yep. And what happens when you hit something like that with your back wheel? Nothing good. You die. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's it. You just die. This is fantastically dangerous. Yeah. But Walmart has it. Get the fuck. I mean, you know, seriously. Yeah, they do. Like, this is straight up. This is criminal intent right yeah, here. Yeah, right. This is straight up. Somebody's trying to murder you. This, that's all this is. This is it. Now, I love the fact that it's sold and shipped by Shenzhen Shi Tichuana TTT Dianjing Zhao Jinjiao Zhijuan Gansi. UK. Esquire. And by the way, it's got three stars. Oh, perfect. 
By the way, Thank you, Steve. <laughs> three fucking stars. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> 24 seller reviews. Wow. Guys, I, 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 very, I am oh, aghast. You've you got to look Read for the a, reviews. Yeah, yeah you got to find the five-star <laughs> idiot. You know, I am straight up aghast. you you gotta, you got to find the five-star one. how deadly this is. Like, this is straight up going to murder you. This is like I put this on the same level with the the nineteen eighty four Le Run <laughs> unicycle scooter thing, where we literally took it out one time and said, "I'll pay anybody who can ride it." How do you get your bike up on that thing? That's another great yeah. question. I mean, like, exactly. You, you gotta you have let, to lift, like, it. lift your bike yep. up, and somebody puts it under it and sets it on. I mean, yep. you're not gonna. It's gonna so roll ba- away. So basically, now there's an accomplice it. in this murder, right? <laughs> I guess what you could do is you could lean your bike on the side stand, yeah. Phil Waters style, lean the yeah. bike on the side stand till the front wheel's in okay. the air, yeah. have your accomplice come over and slide it under the wheel, and then put the front wheel Strap down. It on. Okay. Yep. This is this, this one doesn't even. This is obviously a bootleg one because it doesn't come with the Velcro strap. So I mean, if you had the a bootleg, this one's very. Un- this one's an unsafe one. Yeah. Oh my God. They've thrown caution to the wind here, clearly. See if you I, can I gotta find say. the video. You gotta find the video because it's worth it. It's so good. The guy, like, it's like this Chinese guy, and he starts rolling away. He turns to the camera and gives a thumbs up because oh, yeah. he's driving again. This <laughs> is, I mean, not for nothing. This is diabolical. Yeah, There's just nothing to say other than, and I love the way they're giving you the suggestion that it might work on the rear tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, yeah, all right, it's okay. I got one of these in my saddlebox. I have two of them. Right. I got two of them. I could blow two tires. I'd be for the MP3, though. I like the Chinese one that literally has multicolored wheels, so it's festive. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's directional. That's directional. Yeah, does the stupid idiot wheel go in the front or in the back, the, the bonus fifth wheel? I don't know. That's I don't know. Point. But the point being yeah, that this is this up. is pure death. I mean, there's just there's no better way to put it. This is going to kill you. Like... You can't live on this. This is it. And in fact, now imagine if you will, you've got this on the front of your vehicle mm-hmm. and there's a turn. Right. What do you have? Any turn. Yeah, what happens? Yep. And you try to lean. No, you're not leaning. That thing ain't holding the ground. No. That has got no contact you're patch. Eat shit. Oh, you're going to eat shit. It's going to be a big old shit burger. <laughs> like you're going to eat shit in the worst way ever. Like that's not even. Well, those wheels are hard plastic too, probably. Yeah. They're yeah, rollerblade yeah. wheels. Yeah. On the best day, they're garbagey, shitty. You know, they come off a baby carriage. And, oh, yeah. First thing it says, good quality material. First wheel tube damage punk- puncher. So f- oh, wait. We got to read that. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for, though. Wait a second. Yeah, you can find the ad. Oh, my God. This is truly, truly epically shit. This is garbage. This is just going to kill you. That's all there is to it. We're not going to. We're going to have to. We're gonna, okay. Wait, that one was $1,400? Can can you? You drink uh, it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna do a challenge. Cleveland Moda challenge right here, right here in front of us, right now. Oscar, puncher, yeah. <laughs> silver. Read all the words. <laughs> Good quality material. First wheel tube damage. Puncher so very <laughs> useful. First wheel tube damage. Puncher so very useful. Oh my god. Can stay can together stay in the bike. Like, Four wheel supported, supported roller. So, folks, it has five wheels. Why is? Oh my god, so folks! <laughs> if you buy this, this is a bonus wheel. Just, just, uh, this is voluntary Darwinism. That's all this is. Yeah, dude. This is straight up 
forcing yourself out of the gene pool. Musical guest, first wheel tube damage puncher. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? First wheel tube damage puncher so very usefully. <laughs> so, so You guys understand, I had to psych myself into reading that yeah, line. Right. <laughs> I had to psych myself into reading that line. Well, it, it, it might say that you can only use it if you have one flat tire. My brain... On your first flat tire, not on the... Not first two. wheel tube damage puncher. <laughs> no punctuation. I've, I've heard about donkey donkey punching. <laughs> right, right. That's it. Might yeah. Can stay together in the bike. Can. <laughs> I'd probably won't. <laughs> Good quality material. Debatable. I'm not sure that those wheels have bearings in them either. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. You know what this is? This is how China's going to win. <laughs> this is it. If you want to know how China's going to win, yeah. it's not COVID. No, it's not Wuhan. <laughs> No, it's this fucking device. That's what the Chinese tanks have. And by the way, someone dumb enough on this. Episode. Does anybody want to? Anybody want to take a look at this device? Is anybody looking at the screen right now? It's fourteen hundred. What's the price, gentlemen? Fourteen ninety nine. And that's a discount, eighty one percent off its regular Mercedes uh, price of what? Seven thousand nine hundred. Come on, dude. We got to be. No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not reading anymore. Uh uh-uh, uh This is meant to kill people. That's it. So fuck you, China. I mean, well, you know. Except for all the people that host the podcast and you know the computers that we run on and everything else, yeah, Cleveland Moto gets some weird virus that you know only takes out Cleveland Moto. It could happen. It only takes out your front tire. (laughs) We tried selling them something to kill them on their bike. They're listening to you on the TV right now. That's what I was joking. I was like, yeah, all the devices that are in this room. I just want to know, like, what trend? Listen, I've used Google. Oh, they don't have Google. I was going to say, like. I've never met a translator that that is that. What do they think they wanted to say? First, first tire two? puncher. Dude. Oh, puncture. Yeah, pun- yeah, yeah. It's oh. puncture. It got lost in translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you were if you were going from English to Chinese and trying to sell something to them, yeah, can you imagine how many fucked up characters you would have? Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're I'm right. glad you brought that up. Oh. Talk amongst yourself for a hot second. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so this thing has three stars and it has eleven thousand five hundred reviews. Allegedly. Allegedly. Let's read something. No, I'm trying to click it. It doesn't. It doesn't actually. It, it, I think it's just a, 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 a JPEG of three fucking stars because I'm trying to click it to read those fucking things. Yeah. It doesn't go way. anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's from that Walmart. Was, it's just the eleven thousand like, reviews were actually anal beads, and they just copied <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing. If you go to the actual Walmart part of it, it has zero stars, and, and it, it, it asks you if you want to start. We putting review your own it. review yes. in. Save <laughs> my puncture. Or <laughs> puncture. So, for, so from Walmart, it, it says me from zero my reviews, <laughs> zero stars. I threw so it at the like, puncher yeah. and it hit him in the oh, face. I want to read those reviews. So <laughs> I'm going to read all your reviews. <laughs> oh I'm, I'll all fight right, some guys. reviews of this shit. It's crazy. Tonight, we're going to have a very special segment. Uh-oh, reading time with Phil. It's very very special segment. Oh, good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, go whoa. In the description of Walmart, it says, motorcycle car shifter, moving car carrier. Whoa. Moving car carrier. The fuck, dude? Vehicle booster, flat tire cart, tire self-rescue I love how it just trailer. gets more random. It's just, it's just for the click. It just gets yeah. more more random as it so goes. So it, it, it could help your cars if you want. Just, just saying. If your cars are running 225s. <laughs> All right, kids. 2.25, I'm sorry. It's time for oh, no. Tales from an Owner's Manual. Uh. <laughs> Tales from an Owner's Manual. Do we have to guess the bike afterwards? Yeah. Okay. So, 
I'm not making this up. This is not a work of fiction. This is from an actual owner's manual, a real owner's manual. That's probably been proofread multiple times. I would hope. Right. Okay. <laughs> Periodic maintenance. Now, we're not going to do any English shit. That's not what we're about. <laughs> That's not where this is going. I know you think this is where this is going. Yes. You know, or, or even that shit like from the old Haynes manual, inspect fuel tank with torch. <laughs> you know? That's real. I got that one over there. Okay. Or proceed gaily forward. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. The English call a flashlight a torch. I, and that's why it's in the Haynes manual. Right. 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 But that killed some motherfuckers. Right? Okay. Here you go. That's got a body count associated with it. Don't think it doesn't. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> the human race is doomed. <laughs> Service interval. Engine oil. 600 miles. Okay. Replace engine oil. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. To be fair. <laughs> engine oil. Inspect engine oil. This is the next service interval. Mm-hmm. Well done. You brought it in at 600. Clean oil put in. Right. Okay. 600. Sure. And if you want, we'll go through the whole thing. 600. Replace engine oil. Replace engine oil filter element. Inspect and clean engine oil screen filter. So it has a screen filter and also an engine oil filter. Okay. That's nice. Quality model. Well done. Yeah. Inspect the braking systems and inspect the electrical systems and battery. That's pretty fucking cool, right? No problem. Inspect the brake fluid. Inspect the coolant level. Inspect the, uh, adjust the throttle control. Inspect the vehicle road, or uh, yeah, vehicle road test. Inspect and clean the radiator. (laughs) Okay. Um, Inspect the wheels and tires. Inspect the steering. Inspect the fuel pipes, (laughs) which triple asterisks replace every four years. I think that's a nice touch. Replace or inspect the anti-dive linkage bearings. Very good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. You guys with me? 600 miles. So that's that, what this bike needs at 600 miles. Pipes are tubes, right? Yeah, I think I think we can I think we can read into that fuel pipes mm-hmm. probably means fuel lines. Sure. Okay. okay. We'll okay. we'll allow them a little considering the abortions that we've seen with other translations. Sure. I give them 3 stars on that. That's well done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Next service. This is the second time the owner's going to bring his bike in. At 3700 miles. Oh. 3700 3,700 miles. So you owned the bike for 600. Now, fuck off. I don't want to see you again for another 3,100 miles. miles. Right. Okay. Seems a little... Uh, I mean, that's pretty average. 3,000 miles, right? Okay. I mean, hold I do on. 15. Hold on, miles. guys. Yeah. Just hang in there. It's right. going to get better, I promise. But that's just food for thought. Okay. Inspect the plastic sliders in the variator cover. That means the roller weights. Right. Inspe- inspect them at 3,700 miles. Clean the clutch bell. I'm going to tell you guys who don't know it, in order to do that, you have to remove the clutch bell. Mm -hmm. So you've got the transmission cover off, you've replaced or inspected the variator weights, and now you've cleaned the clutch bell. Inspect the variator rollers, inspect the driving belt, clean the air filter, inspect the engine oil. At 3,700 miles. At 3,700 miles. miles later. (laughs) Inspect the engine oil, inspect the braking systems, Inspect the radiator, clean, inspect the radiator, inspect the wheels and tires, and inspect the anti-dive link bearings. 
All right. They're giving a lot, of, they're putting a lot of energy into this anti-dive link bearing stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair mm -hmm. enough. Now, here we are at 7,400 miles. Oh, the interval goes up. Oh, no. Yeah, it's 3,700 miles later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now this, this vehicle is clearly saying it wants to see some sort of a service every 3,700 miles. Okay. Fair enough, right? You got that. So, you know, 3,700, 7,400. Now, at this point, we are now finally, for the first time since it was new, changing the oil. <laughs> so this motorcycle wants you to inspect the oil at 3,700 miles and change the oil at 7,400 miles. And also, we now finally change the filter at 7,400 miles. Change the tire miles. in your crankcase. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, so on this one, it's, you know, it's lube the torque driver pins. Lube the torque driver pins. That's a good one. Uh, that's probably in the what they're calling the torque driver is probably the clutch. Okay. Inspect the safety fasteners. Replace the plastic sliders. So now they're saying you should replace your plastic sliders on your variator. Clean the clutch belt. Replace the rollers. Replace the belt. Seventy four hundred miles. Inspect the variator moving half pulley. Clean the air filter again. Inspect the transmission cover air filter. Replace the engine oil. Replace the oil filter element. Inspect the gear oil. Again, we're only replacing the gear oil at 14,800 miles. Wow. We're only changing the oil every 7,400 miles. R remove metal from oil. <laughs> look, from they must have magnetic drain plugs. I, I was just going to say that. It's going to look like a light bulb. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to bring this to your attention is we've got a vehicle here that tells you straight up that, yeah, you can go back to your dealer every 3,700 miles. That's the service interval. But you're only going to change the oil every 7,400 miles, right. and you're only going to change the oil filter every 7,400 miles. Which most of the scooters you see come back through here, that's like 15 years. This is a 300... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a 300cc fuel-injected liquid-cooled bike. Right. That has one quart of oil in it. Right. One quart of oil. Now, I can understand if you've got a Dodge Caravan mm -hmm. with a straight four mil motor in it, and you know, uh, if, if you want to go 10,000 miles with an oil changes, if you want to, that's your car. I yeah, won't. Like six uh, liters right. of oil or whatever. And you've got six <laughs> quarts of oil or five right. quarts of oil running around in there. That's one thing. Right. But on a motorcycle, on a scooter, any motorcycle application, which the revs are going to be like, your Dodge Caravan may never go above 5,000 RPM. Or three. This thing's <laughs> going to go 8,000, 9,000 RPM. And we're saying 7,400 miles to change the oil. What? <laughs> That's confidence. I got to say, the Chinese have now gone plaid. They have straight up <laughs> said, we're good. Look yeah. at our owner's manual. Yeah. This thing's got a 3,700-mile service interval, but it's only got to change the oil every 7,400 miles. But that's a good point, what Sleepy says. I mean, the, the mileage of scooters, not saying that it's yeah. it's a good practice, what they're saying, but how often do you Look, see... Look, I can, I can point in three different directions right now and show you bikes that are 20 years old that have less than 1,000 miles on them. Sure. They're not ready for their, for their break-in <laughs> service, <laughs> and they're 20 years old, man, right? You know, change that first oil in you 600 know, to 1,000 miles. Okay, weird. see you never. It's weird that they don't add time allotments to that, too, because right. moisture condensation coming in and out and doing things. I could say, yeah. and I do have to say, this yeah. is one of the best translated manuals I've ever seen. It is wonderful. Uh, it's, it's remarkably clear and concise. 
Whoever spent the time and the money translating it did a great job. It's a really good owner's manual. But what I'm concerned with is <laughs> how confident are they in their motor? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, this service interval is terrifying. I mean, this is fucking terrifying. And it, it also, but this is my crazy thing for, for Steve and for our mechanic friends, is that they're calling for a valve adjustment as frequently as they're calling for fresh oil. Oh, good. Oh. So, wait a second. You're telling me <laughs> that your motor is so shitty that you need a valve oh, adjustment every 7,400 miles. Right. As you do but you're telling change. me your motor is so good, it doesn't need to have the oil changed, but every 7,400 miles either. No, they, they, the reason they have the oil at 7,400 miles is because... They use AMS oil? No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, after the oh, first wait a second. Hold on. Let me read this. Let me read the first. Oh, yeah. It says <laughs> the service schedule is only valid if you use Amsoil products. Yeah, it's like 530 oil right. when it starts out. And by the time you change it, it's like 5,100. And it keeps the valves quiet until you adjust oh. them at 7,400 miles. Gotcha. That, that, I, 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 I'm going to tell you straight up. I do not know at all. How they came up with this service interval, I have no idea how they came up with the service interval. It's 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 absolutely got me stymied because I really do feel like is it kilometers yes. though. No, they they got a kilometers thing too. Oh. I did the train. Yeah, it's in kilometers yeah. and in miles. That's Don't get me wrong. It would make sense if it was in kilometers. Almost makes. They sense go to the trouble of actually yeah. saying fuel specification ninety one octane RM two. Like they really put a lot 91. into this. It, it says the oil. It specifically says. JSO MA2 oil. Wait, like, is this the I same bike right that yeah. the original that came out? They were like, okay, the floorboards are six inches, so to make this better, we should make them thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And and I love this that in the owner's manual, like, guys, oh, look in the owner's it manual. Sense. It specifically says use only JSO MA2 5W40 motor oil, engine oil, with with all the code numbers that you'd ever need. This is not. Nobody phoned this in, right? This is extremely many oils claim to meet or exceed JSO ratings, but are not verified to meet these standards. If an oil does not have a 10 character oil code and the JSO rating prominently displayed on the label, then the oil has not been verified by the Japan Lubricating Oil Society and should not be used in your scooter. Hoffert would write this shit. <laughs> Amso meets those specifications. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. So I guess what I'm saying is there are parts about this, and it says like engine oil check, right? Yeah. It says start engine and run engine for one minute prior to checking the oil level. The engine oil fill access is located near the lower right side of the vehicle. It's extremely thorough, considerate. Yeah. yeah. It's inc it's extremely considerate. It tells you how to adjust the throttle. It tells you, you know, the throttle cable. It tells you how to do a pre-ride inspection. Hmm. Like this is a really fucking good owner's manual. Mm -hmm. What I'm concerned with is 7,400 miles on an oil change, because that gives the customer the impression of like 7,400 miles on oil change. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. This is this is a high quality engine. Except you, know, you have to adjust the valves more frequently than a Ducati. When I take yeah. my car to yeah. uh, high five or whatever it is, <laughs> they tell me three thousand, but I usually go to six. So I bet you I could probably go to fourteen on this. It'd be the same thing, no problem. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you guys. 
whether we still don't know whether or not the bike is going to be great or not we yeah. don't know and then we're not going to say anything until we ride it yep. it's beautiful it's a handsome looking bike it is. the front part of it is the same size as like an original cool vintage lumbretta the back part of it is not it's a beetle the back part of it is the hindenburg they use the hindenburg beetle. as the castings for the back of the thing <laughs> the front part of it is exactly lambretta size it's nice yeah You're we're talking we're talking about the royal alloy gp300s yeah. uh, the grand prix so that's all metal 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 Metal. Did you sit on it? Metal. metal. Yeah. Now, you can't take the side panels off real easily because there's things in there they don't want you to see. The underseat right. storage is awesome. The underseat storage is awesome. Did, did, there's no underseat storage. Did, did you see a bump? No, there's a little this? kid underneath there oiling it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see a bump on the Still size curious. between the 150 <laughs> and the 300? Yeah. So oh, it no, is. it's a it's a Dodge Caravan in the back. Well, well we were no, already from the, from the we one. were already talking about like wow the GP150 mm-hmm. has got a lot of junk in the trunk and it was right. tall like as fuck. the GP150 has oh, been in rap videos yeah the original one yeah yeah no dude the floorboard is this tall oh yeah, yeah but the original yeah. one wasn't low at all no I mean, no but, no but the, you're exactly just, right was yeah. it scale like <laughs> the 300 motor is bigger in dimensions than the 150 is and you can tell. Okay. Right. So when they're parked, so there was a bump on the scaling yeah. on the yeah. The back, but what's funny is the front didn't get scaled up, right? But the back did, uh-huh. and the weight. Oh fuck! Trying again, to pick it out of the sure. crate. again. <laughs> this is in the trunk. Yeah. This is rap girl video, right? Rap rap video girl. <laughs> this is Kardashian. This is something. <laughs> this is something. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to tell you well, straight up. It is. It might surprise. I mean, it's a handsome looking bike. I mean, yeah. even with this big ass, yeah. it's a nice looking bike. <laughs> From the looks department, oh, it's, it's, again, it's the front of it, yeah. to me, they nailed it. It looks really, really cool. I really, yep. really like it. The back of it is like somebody literally threw a grenade into the back of a Lombretta. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Aunt Fanny. <laughs> so, uh, Aunt Fanny. So after I yeah. sat robots. on, yeah. on the yeah. uh, Royal Ally, I sat on the Husqvarna. It's more comfortable and feels less tall. The Husqvarna. The Husqvarna. Cafe Racer, one, yes, with a bench flat right. seat, super high in the air. That feels less. The Vitpillin, the Vitpillin does feel lower. Yeah, than the lamp, than the, Royal, the Royal Alloy Three Hundred. Yeah, yeah the, the Shambretta. The Shambretta. The Shambretta. <laughs> but didn't you say when you tried to turn, it hit your elbows? Yes. Yeah. So not even. So not even that. When I um, when I was sitting in a neutral riding position. Yeah. Because the overinflation of the posterior of the vehicle mm-hmm. and the seat happens to be located on the posterior of the vehicle right that my ass is now higher than my hands <laughs> and so when i ha- put my hands where they're supposed to be and i turn the handlebars left and right my hands actually do hit my knees yeah so it, huh. yes yeah. Yeah. it is it is a very very yeah <laughs> i think aunt done. fanny <laughs> I think Aunt Fanny. I think Aunt Fanny from the from the Pixar or whatever that was, robots. I think Aunt Fanny is the, the spirit sh- animal of the Shambretta. Of the Shambretta. I, I really do think that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, oh, he's that's, blowing a pan. What are you bear. doing? Oh my god! <laughs> a rectal exam. I mean, it's not the first time. I've seen yeah. it before. The Sham. Uh, oh, oh, you got a bad batch of helium. You blew him too I much. Didn't into it <laughs> <laughs> he must be at work. He's failing a task. Oh yeah, he sounds like Tim at work. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he just he just gilded the fucking bear. <laughs>
Come on, everybody, and come out and buy the Royal Alloy 300. Yay! <laughs> Did you know that Shambretta is a person's name? No, it is not. No way. Yes, it is. That's amazing. Yeah, Shambretta just Lauren Bob at the, the fucking panda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, like, I'm... This is not as far as I'm Sham- concerned. Shambretta. Shambretta. Yeah. The uh, if you do want to compare the the ass size, so uh, that is just going to give you an object for like reference. So that gives you an idea of like the scaling of the bike uh, in its in native market and stuff. Like the back of the 125 and the 50 and stuff is pretty normal scale. Does it come? Right. I, I didn't notice that it came with those sunglasses, though. Mm, there we go. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So I really do think that um, if you are the person, I we know people that have bought the GP150 and they're happy with it. We had some quality control issues with the first two that we had. We can only assume that they figured that shit out because mm-hmm. nobody would continue buying or selling a vehicle that had the problems that we detected mm-hmm. in the first two that we had here. I, they would have to sort that out. It's Chambret is a badge. See, look. <laughs> What you talking about, Willie? I can't see what you're talking about. Oh, badge. Badge. I was like, oh, badge. Wow. <laughs> it's a badge. Oh, badge. Profile badge. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she's a she's a badge job. There you go, Shambretta. Right. Yeah. There you go. You can have a Shambretta. Some of your what, bobs. assembled from different pieces parts? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But okay. I that's just let's just be aware of that and we'll see what happens with the bike. We'll see how great yeah, it turns out. It might out be awesome. Be. It might be great. Yeah. Uh, the story behind it, you know, if you do want to look into it, look into it, the Royal Alloy story and find out. It, there's a lot of dirty dealings. There's a lot of really unethical, bullshit Chinese stuff that happened. And I will never soft sell that. The guys that designed it, the guys who invented it, the guys who patented it and prototyped it and everything else, they got fucked. I mean, they got straight up fucked. Take your life, your life's dream. And if your life's dream is that you wanted to rebuild the actual DeLorean from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. No, it's, seriously. Mm-hmm. And you're like a straight-up cosplay enthusiast or whatever, and you want to build a perfect fucking replica of something as iconic mm-hmm. as the DeLorean from Back to the Future. So you put your time and effort into making bodywork and making panels and making molds and finding a motor and finding a chassis And not just building a working prototype, not just doing that, but then scaling it to the point where it can be produced Mm -hmm. so that you can sell them to people and make make profit doing it. And to give people a product that's got good brakes and good tires and is not just a wooden form with tires underneath it. Imagine if you did all that and you said, okay, I want to actually build 100 of these. So you approach all these different manufacturing companies and you can't find anyone to help you build 100 of these or 1,000 of these or 5,000 of these because you want to sell them so the world can be driving around in replica DeLoreans. Mm-hmm. And you find a company that says, yes, we can do that. And then you go, great. And they go, okay, well, we're going to need a million dollars startup money so we can put the tooling together. And you're like, great, let's do that. I'm going to give you a million dollars of startup money so you can put the tooling together. And then after you entrust them with all that and your fucking sweat equity and everything it is, you see that product that you designed and you prototyped and you brought to market being sold down the street from you oh. without your name on it. Yeah. Uh, How pissed would you be? Be fairly upset. Some. And now you can't sue them because they're Chinese. And you can't sue China. Yeah, that's pretty sketchy. I'd be very pissed. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's going on. 
And that's exactly what happened with the Royal Alloy. That's oh. the exact thing. And so that's where we, that's where we kind of go, yeah, we have to acknowledge that that product, that thing that we have sitting over there, mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Right. If you don't like it, if you don't want to ride it, or if you feel like ethically somebody got fucked, because yeah, somebody got fucked, you know, and that that really happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's gassing him. It's, uh, that's a real thing because the guy that did Wait. build it and the guy that worked hard. See you yeah. at lunch tomorrow. Yeah. No, no. yeah, because there is a real one. Because there is a real, Mando. you know, there is a thing. It's called Lambretta Innovations, and oh. Lambretta Innovations. Lambretta Innovations is a real company that you can buy bikes from. And Lambretta Innovations got their shit ripped off hard. Mm. I mean, hard. And that is a fucking crying shame. That really sucks. And that's all you can expect from the Chinese. Well, and this is that thing is, you know, you you say in that point, you're like, oh, well, you know, I want a $4,000 bike that, that looks and smells and breathes and all this stuff like an old Lambretta. But what you realize is that in order for that to happen, uh, yeah. the guy who actually put the sweat equity into it, the guy that designed it, the guy that did all the hard work, totally got annoying. fucked. I mean, Th- got that's played fucked. out more than once though, because like I, I think it was sailing or whatever. The guy who built you know all the Fords and the Mustangs, mm-hmm. he wanted to build his own proprietary car, and he got like hosed through like six hundred million dollars, and wow. they just said, "Oh yeah, cool, thanks. We're gonna just keep this." Right. Yeah. His whole factory didn't they? Didn't they just? Uh, he built a factory over there, and they yep. just took over his factory and yep. kicked him out. Yep. Damn man. I mean that that sucks, at an extremely high level, and that's kind of what we say is because we do love. You know, we like scooters around here. We like that kind of thing. And when somebody has this great idea and this super cool innovation, and basically has their entire fucking thing stolen from them and ripped off and copied and being sold, and he's not getting a nickel, you know. Uh, that's fucked up. So yeah, I get it. And if you and if you want to hate on it, please understand that I'm I'm with you. I'm 100 percent with you. And the one that the first ones we tried, yeah, we had problems with them. We didn't like them. We didn't care for them. We'll see what these are all about. Um, I'm gonna have them because it's part of a line that I carry, you know. And genuine is the one distributing them. So I'm gonna have them here, but I'm not gonna. It's gonna. It would take a fucking lot to turn me into a fanboy because. Uh, because this dude got fucked over, right? And uh, that's unfortunate because anybody who has a great idea and a great innovation shouldn't get fucked over. You know, that's kind of the deal. So that's about that. But, he got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but you get look at, there's been a lot of people that have gotten fucked over by big companies. You know, Harley yeah. Davidson probably has a, a whole oh. fucking cemetery in their backyard. <laughs> Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Yeah, right. There's a yeah, lot of people. The yeah. Wiper. yeah, the wiper. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, that's Didn't amazing. he finally oh, win when he was like 86 years old or something? No, then, Gibsons. Oh, yeah. But he won and he's dead. Yep. There you go, so. just in time. Good for him. Martin Guitars, they got ripped off by the Japanese. And then they had they somehow got to sue the Japanese and they got a cease and desist and they stopped. Oh, did they? Oh yeah. You can do that with Japan, but you can't do that with China. Yeah. Yeah. That that is not that is not a thing that works. Clone Wars, what was that? Uh, it's basically this this is just uh Scooter Scamati. Lab did a thing of the Scomati, uh, which is the the actual real oh, the real deal. Okay. So they did an actual shootout between the the Royal Alloy versus the Scomati. The copy and, and the copy. 
Yeah. Fear. Well, and it's it's basically right. You're you're exactly right. And but that's it's like a Xerox copy. Every copy gets worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that was the thing is you you just have this Scomati and Hanway. Hanway is the Chinese company, and they straight up they they fucked him. They just fucked him. There's no there's no getting around it. The guy's got all of his money, all of his work, everything going into this project, and just straight up got fucked. And that's what it is. So. It is unfortunate that that happened. It really is. The downside is, if you want to work, look, and I tell you, get in touch with Scomati. Get in touch with Frank Sanderson. Buy his bike. If you want to have the closest thing you can get to a real, honest-to-God, Lambretta scooter, buy it from Frank Sanderson. Mm -hmm. Buy it from the guy that designed it. Buy it from the guy that was crazy enough to put a 450cc Yamaha motor Mm -hmm. into this modern bike Mm -hmm. with 12-inch wheels and fuel injection and all kinds of good shit. Can you... Can I go down? I can go down. Okay, so is it? It looks like it's not royal alloy. Well, royal alloy. Royal alloy. Yeah, yeah. It's royal alloy. So yeah, it's royal alloy, and that might have been something to prevent himself from getting sued. Oh, okay. Yeah, whoever wrote. But it is royal. I assure you, it's royal alloy. It's a name that we can't figure out what it means. Royal alloy. As though this alloy was christened by the queen herself. Yeah, I, I don't know. The but queen that's of what Italy? it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real yeah. classic manufactured a week ago. <laughs> or actually six months ago. Whatever. Well, I mean, but this is the kind of thing we're talking about. Do you see what's in there, guys? That's a, that's a WR450 or something. That's kind a 250. Of, 250, okay. Six speed transmission. Yeah. Yeah. Big. Yeah. That's a uh-huh. Yamaha motor. That's right? a Yamaha WR250. Yeah. Jammed in with a, a giant Mike Hooney on it. Yeah. You know, uh, how cool is that? Chain That's drive, fun. Yeah. That's a madman. That's a bike I would like to ride. That would wheelie. I, yeah, that would wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> that would wheelie to the moon. Yeah. But anyway, so there we go. So anyhow, that's just my, that's my opinion. You may not like it. That's fine. That's what we're here for. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, Palmalici, uh, and Frank Sanderson over there at Scamati, in my opinion, they got fucked. They got fucked hard. And Paul Malici, if you are a scooter guy, you may have heard of a company called PM Tuning. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard of PM Tuning, which I have sent that motherfucker a lot of my money for exhaustuses and cylinder kits and everything else, that's Paul Malici. So Paul Malici and Frank Sanderson, these are the guys from Lambretta Innovations, and they literally do Lambretta Innovations. Wow. And we had the prototype from this thing many, many years ago, and it was amazing. It was rock solid. So uh, worst thing I ever did was giving it back. So, uh, but anyway, that's a that's a big old lawsuit that's happening thanks to Hanway. So get on it. That's a that's the thing. Uh, anybody got anything else? Uh-huh. Oi, John does. John, oh God, go. I'm just gonna keep going. No, but you yeah. got to do it solo if you're gonna. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but he's got to get his timing right. So if anybody, if nobody's got anything else for the podcast, nothing else. Nope. Okay, everybody, as a great podcast, remember to ride fast and take chances. Ba